0: at the crack of dawn we're cooking it brewing it grilling it flipping it mcdonald's fires up the griddle every morning so you can start digging in and enjoying it and now you can get your morning rolling with a hot and savory sausage mcmuffin for just one dollar then add any size hot McCafe drip coffee for just a dollar more two tasty ways to make your morning routine a little better price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal
1: Good morning, sports fans. Fill up that coffee cup and that bowl. Sit back and relax. Because live from Colorado, it's time for the Sports Offensive. Good morning out there, sports fans, and thank you for tuning in to the Sports Offensive My name is Mark Ademis, I'm your host, and we are coming to you live from Broomfield, Colorado. It's a nice, sunny, bright day outside, and probably the last one we're going to have for a few days as the blizzard is getting ready to come in. And I, for one, could not be happier. Uh, We want to, over the show today, we want to cover the MMA debacle that I'm sure you're all well aware of. We're going to run over the semifinals of the Major League Baseball and check out the teams that are in turmoil in the NFL. We'll also review the top ten players in each of the major fantasy positions thus far through the season. I want to bring on my co-host, who unfortunately is stuck in South Denver where no one wants to be. JP, how are you feeling this morning?
2: Uh, You know, excuse me, guys. I feel great. I just wish my Jeep felt a little bit better than uh, having that manifold cover pop off. But you know what? It actually lasted more than a week on there. So um, I was pretty excited that I actually got it to stay on there for quite some
1: time. Well, better than nothing, right? I mean, at least it works. So I also want to bring on my other co-host uh, in the studio here with me is uh, Nate Dogg of South Dakota. Nate, how was the drive up?
3: Uh, it was great, Mark. Uh, we had a fun little drive up this morning. It's a beautiful day in Colorado. Uh sunshine not a cloud in the sky and uh kind of nice and crisp it's just a gorgeous day uh but much like yourself i'm kind of looking forward to a little bit of snow tomorrow and some uh some football and just kind of hanging out in the house
1: so well we have a good betting start to the week going uh did very well on monday did very well on thursday in fact you did exceptionally well on thursday thanks to jp for the wonderful college pick and uh sorry about that we made the right pick in terms of the nfl so tomorrow hopefully it's a big time uh money day Made the mistake of betting the unders in the first five innings for the Dodgers game last night. Thank God that was a small bet because, boy, that didn't even last very long. But uh, we're going to get into the, the lunacy of that game, but you know, we'll get to there eventually. We also want to ve- welcome a very special guest we have in the studio with us. She is a non-sports fan, which I thought would be a very interesting take on uh, the stuff that we talk about and the mindlessness that we uh, meander around during our show. So, Joanna, thank you very much for coming on the show. How do you feel this morning?
4: Uh, Thanks for having me, Mark. I feel pretty good. Um, I am excited to be here. This is my first time on radio. And I was just going to say, I'm here to offer a perspective, and that perspective is of somebody who doesn't know much about sports. So I'm excited to go on a tirade or two with you.
1: I think that's perfect, because you know what? The people who listen to us are obviously just listening to three people who are so enamored with sports that a lot of times I think we probably gloss over things that maybe some people out there who, you know, the poor wives who are being forced to listen by their husbands or the poor husbands that are being forced to listen to by their wives – maybe thinking what in the world are they talking about what is an AVG or what is a you know what is a whip or what is it you know I don't
4: know (laughs) so anytime
1: that that you feel confusion uh or 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 bewilderment I would say speak up and let us know and then we can uh, try to move in the right direction in terms of making sure our fans know what in the world we're talking about which you know
4: well we don't don't... get through all those topics today if I'm going to ask you to explain everything as you go, but <laughs> we'll
1: we, we never get through our, yeah, notes. Right. that's the good, That that's the whole goal is to pretty much make sure we don't get through it. Cause then we know we wouldn't have enough to talk about right. or it'd be boring. Well,
3: and for our listeners, if you have any questions for Joanna, please call in
1: 929-477-3204. And there's no limit. You can ask her anything you want, any no matter how personal or, <laughs> or degrading or humiliating, please feel free to call in and ask. Can't she'll answer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, that number again is 929 3204 So Joanna, would you please read the offensive trivia question of the week for our fans out
4: there? Yep. Here is the trivia question of the week that I have no business asking. The question is, Drew Brees took the record for the most yards passing in a career. What is the most receiving yards in a career? player and total yards.
1: So I'm guessing most of our listeners out there will probably nail the person, but uh, as we were discussing before the show went on the, in the air, they may not get the number of yards correctly. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I was going to say which team, but they played for more than one team. So, uh, you know, that, that part didn't really make any sense. So uh, if you can do us a huge favor out there, if you're listening folks, if you can go to Facebook and like us and follow us on Twitter at both, we're under the handle at the SPT offensive. You can find us on Instagram under the handle, the sports offensive with underscores between the words. You can also head over to our station website, the sports You can listen, you can learn about us. You can listen to current and prior shows at the sports You can always catch us live, <coughs> excuse me, via Is that the player isn't updated on the site this morning. I'll try and do that here. You can also check us out on demand uh, on Blog Talk Radio, TuneIn, iHeart, Stitcher, and also as an iTunes podcast. We want to thank our show supporters, Idiot Cult T-shirts, Health Guru EK Fit, and the Space Savers at Operation Organize. You can find them and their links on our site. We always love callers, and again, that number is 929-477-3204. So we'll go ahead and jump into our first topic, which is the MMA or maybe more accurate to say the UFC debacle. Uh, I actually I watched most of it live. I missed the beginning of it. Did you happen to, to view it? I actually didn't see any of it, but I did have a little
3: chat with it about some of the guys at the baseball card shop yesterday. <laughs> um, nice. They're pretty big fans, apparently. Uh, actually, the guy that owns the shop works for Argus. As well on the side. So
1: who, who what's Argus?
3: It's kind of like a uh, security slash like, uh, what do you call the guys that kind of. Uh... Bouncers? No, they kind of like help usher people in to like big events and like things like that, I guess. Just try to keep crowd control and. Ushers? Yeah, ushers, I guess.
1: I don't, no, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to think of a word.
3: Yeah, I, I'm not really sure. I think it's part security, part usher, part just like running the event. You know, you need a bunch of people to run an event, right? So right. I think it's just kind of that. But anyway, he works for for Argus. It's, uh, you know, if you go to like a concert or a basketball game or anything like that, you'll see these guys around. You know, they have the the gray shirts on that says Argus. Anyway, he uh, he he and I were kind of. Uh, Oh yeah, sorry. We were at Mike's Stadium Sports Cards yesterday, way down in South Aurora. So just give him a little plug. I know today he is uh he's got a baseball card show going from ten to five, and then he also has Pac-Man Jones in the in the shop from one to two thirty signing autographs today. Uh oh, good
1: so then people can, the fans can all complain that Pac Man wasn't ready for the game tomorrow against the Rams when he gets burned three times <laughs> yeah. deep because he was at the card show. Yeah, right, instead of what? <laughs> That's funny. I know. So, uh,
3: yeah, so if you're a Pac-Man Jones fan, get down to Mike's uh, Stadium Sports Cards. Really, uh, really cool shop if you're into kind of collectibles and things like that. So And we really
1: hope that those five people actually do go to the show and uh, and check it out. Yeah. So, you know, Pac-Man would love to see some people. <laughs> well,
3: anyway, anyway, back to my point in discussing the fight with these guys. Um, well, first of all, this was McGregor's uh, first fight in what, Mark, two years? First MMA fight in two years, right?
1: I, I don't think I accurately know I, the answer to okay. that, but it would have been a while. JP, any awesome. thoughts on that?
3: Yeah, you
2: actually hit it right on the head. It was his first fight in a little over two years. Uh, I watched the whole card. I actually went out to Twin Peaks with a couple of friends and uh, watched all the undercards of this fight. The best fight of the night was actually the fight before McGregor, where it was uh, Pettis and Fernandez, was an absolute bloodbath.
3: So... It looks like uh, McGregor and uh, – I'm going to probably – is it Nurmagomedov? Nurmagomedev. Nurmagomedev. Rush
1: I should just put down his first name because it was like Khabib or something like that. That's a lot easier. Well, anyway, fun. so Ve-
3: Vegas has suspended the two
1: fighters.
4: Ten days.
1: Yeah, for ten days. That's like, uh, that's like suspending a pitcher for three days. It's like, well, you're not going to be able to make your next start except on time.
4: What know. happened that they've been suspended?
1: Oh, so this
3: was so, wild. Okay. you give so Mark, why don't you give him a quick kind of just the synopsis of what
1: happened post fight? Yeah. So well, first of all, McGregor McGregor lost, right? McGregor did lose. He got choked out. Yep. Um he didn't look bad, but he didn't look great. But he didn't like said, He, he looks look rusty. Bad. Yeah, it's just not the same. It's not the same sport as boxing. And he spent a lot of time training for Mayweather, and I think his heart might actually be in boxing where it's a slug fest. I think McGregor's more into a slug fest than he is into the rapid and grapple of uh, MMA. But anyway, so after the fight <laughs> All the people for, you know, they've, they've got their entourages, right? They've got their trainers and they've got their managers and they've got their promoters and they've got their whoever it is. Yeah, it's, it's their entourage, <laughs> right? A whole, I mean, like, it's like a group of like 20 people following these guys into the ring. Mm-hmm. And they basically started battling each other like a full on battle Royale, like back in the WWF days of wrestling where you had 20 guys in the ring, all trying to throw each other out, smashing chairs yeah. over people. And... and I don't know if you've ever seen an MMA fight, but it's a big octagon.
4: I try not to, but okay. <laughs> so, well, so instead of four sides, yeah. it's got eight yeah, yeah. and it's, and it's all cage
1: fences. Yeah. 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 Big cage. Yeah. And uh boy, they just started going at each just other just like crazy. Life. Yep. And it pissed off the Dana White's the owner of the, of, of ultimate fighting championship, which is the UFC, which mm-hmm. is what the, the tournament they were in. And, uh, yeah, it was just uh, – it was chaos, and he's really angry because he's trying – he's been trying like crazy to make his sport more and more legitimate as time goes on because it, it increases the value. And I think there was an offer to buy it for $4 billion or something. I he thought, he, it was like I thought he had sold it for like he $3 billion or sold $4 billion. It. He might have sold it. And he I like, think he, he still retained, runs it. And he like retains like the, the stock of the yeah. – like over or the chairman of the or board or something.
3: Maybe JP knows. JP, what's the deal on that? Do you know? Did he end up selling you know, it? I'm pretty sure
2: I, he sold it, but he's still the I managing partner, uh, the commissioner. Okay. Well, I, I mean, and I believe it's $4
3: billion. How long has MMA kind of been around? I mean, I know it's been around a long time, but how long has it really kind of been popular?
1: 20 years? So, now? If you mean like in the U.S.? Yeah. Has it been I would that say long? almost exactly 20 years. Yeah. yeah. I was maybe a tiny bit less, maybe a tiny bit more. But sure. what I remember is the first four or five matches or first four or five events, they were just like pay-per-view events, was just like WrestleMania. It was on like once every like six, seven months, maybe a year. And in that one, you had short matches. I think they were like eight minutes or three, five minutes. Was it that short, you think? I think they were three, three minutes, weren't no, they? No, no, no. There was, there was no rounds. Oh. It was just a fight. Now, the very, very first one, I believe, was no time limits. It was just... There was, I think, there was eight guys. To
4: die. <laughs> yeah, it was eight guys,
1: and you know, you fought each other, and then it was down to four, and then they fought oh. each other. It was down to two, and then those two fought for the championship, and they did it all in one day, which is what was really cool. Ooh. Now, Hoist Gracie, who was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu fighter, small guy, wiry, but he was, I believe, undefeated in his career, and he was not, <clears throat> in some ways, he was great for the UFC because he made it popular and he was so famous, and it gave him a star to like promote. The downside of it was. He's not an exciting fighter to watch because what he will do is take anybody, no matter how big they are, and he'll entangle their legs to get them to the ground. And once he gets them on the ground, he'll wrap up a ball, and you'll be sitting there staring at the screen going, well, they're rolling back and forth, and, um, oh, he just tapped out. Okay, he got him. He got him, you know, because tapping out is where uh, you're facing somebody – you go like that on their arm or their back or whatever, and that's saying you got me. You got to let you me go. Breathe. Yeah, I'm choking. Or you're gonna, I'm gonna so break my arm or something, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And if you if you've ever seen those, have Nate bring that up on YouTube for you. There are videos of people doing arm bars and the forearm or the ulna oh. actually snapping straight oh, oh.
4: out of the arm.
1: So I'm uh, shaking
4: my head violently right now. No, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> but I'll just take your word. It's a it. wild <laughs> scene.
1: It's it's a wild scene. I'm not a huge MMA fan, but it is it's a wild uh, it is wild to watch some of the stuff that they do.
4: So. Last night, this did like the match didn't even get started. Well, this was of what... last week. Oh, last week, sorry.
1: And oh, no, 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 they, they fought, yeah. they fought, and legit. one guy beat the other. Okay, uh, legitimately, completely legit. He choked him out and he tapped his arm to say, I'm choking to uh-huh. death. You got to let me go. And so, it was a fair fight. There was no problems with it. And it wasn't the two fighters that, no. that got into it, it was actually the winners' um, group that was like taunting the losers' group. And they're the ones that threw the first punch, I think. So, yeah. the winner actually started the fight, which is really stupid. Okay. So, yep, you know, yeah, they was, were taunting. Yeah.
4: You yeah. know, emotions
1: were high and everything. Yeah. So, That's why I
4: appreciate baseball. That would not happen in baseball. Mm. Well, what mm. if you
1: beamed the guy right in the back maybe?
4: Well, okay. <laughs> it does, it does. I'm sure you're right.
1: It's just not that it's level of what, violence maybe, right. but yeah, uh, we just you, so don't, know, much you, more you, gentlemanly. you don't you don't see arms snapped nearly as often but <laughs> Yeah, in baseball. Uh, right. But, but we're, we're still looking forward to that day. You know, I'm sure bobada has got some odds on that, you know, is it happened before 2020 or after 2020, <laughs> you yeah, know? Right? Uh, JP, you, have you heard from um, uh, JoJo War at all about his uh, impression or his impressions of the fight?
2: You know, JoJo is actually super busy right now. I've been trying to get him on to maybe just record a couple things because I know he's huge in MMA. Just to give you a little backstory, um, Khabib was going after a specific person in Connor's corner. Uh, this, this person was talking about Khabib's father, his brother, his religion, um, talking about Russia. So there, there was a specific person Khabib was going after. And here's what a lot of you, which you didn't really see. That person in Connor's corner, after Connor tapped out, was taunting Khabib. And that's when he jumped over the, uh, the octagon.
1: Oh, that's what that was.
3: I didn't know what the instigation was.
1: Like, yeah. I didn't know, like, why it, why it all started. She's that makes a, Russian, a lot of sense. But he has religion?
3: I thought Russia didn't have religion. Oh, yeah, Orthodox. Really? Russian, Russian Orthodox, yeah. I mean, I know the
1: Moscow, like, you know, Towers or whatever, but I thought that they, well, I guess it was just communism where they outlawed religion, and then they let it come back in maybe after the fall. But... Yeah,
3: but Russian Orthodox is, I mean, okay. it's, it's it like Christian? Catholic, kind of, I think, but it's more stringent. I don't know. You have so to it, look it up. It's a Christian
1: religion, though, like Jesus. Yeah, Christ. I believe so. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you yeah, guys yeah, don't like they're very religious. religion. religion. Yeah, and that because you know, anyways, I'm sure you guys have all seen it. There's that cathedral that has those big rounded, like tip Q-tip looking colored tops.
4: Yeah. Oh, it's tops, Yeah,
1: and uh, that is a cathedral. So
3: I'm yeah. sure that's from well, I'm the restaurant. of I'm pretty sure it's a Christian version of
1: something, you know, the Russian oh, yeah. version of Christianity. Yeah yeah, 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 right. Okay. All right. Well, you know, hey, learn something every day. Uh, but it's just kind of funny whenever I think of Russia, I don't think of religion at all. I just think of gangsters selling vodka and and women I think of Boris in like a big fluffy hat. <laughs> In in Russia, he drives you. You know, I miss that yeah. guy, Boris uh, Boris Yeltsin. N- Yeltsin. There, no, that was the that was the president. The president. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm thinking of that that guy that that he told the jokes and he had the big beard oh, and the mustache and he was always in New Ka- York and he was like,
3: ah, he's always Boris happy. Kaposky? Karpo- ah, dang, I can't think of his last name. I don't remember him, name. but
1: he was funny as hell. Yeah, I yeah, love yeah. That, guy. It was, that was when we were kids. So that that was. was a long ways back. Uh, do you think that this has any long term negative access, or do you think it's actually what do you think this helps promote ufc is there any such thing as bad press uh no
3: (laughs) i think anything helps you know um kind of one of the points i was trying to get to earlier is mma i think kind of peaked a few years ago and uh i think dana white is really kind of trying to struggle through and try to bring it back to where it was um and i think things like this definitely help right it creates some excitement and some um you know it sets up a, a, a revenge match, a rematch, you know. Of course, um, they're probably gonna have to have some sort of restrictions on who they let into the ring next time, but
1: exactly have some security uh, down there, yeah. Right? So then, how do, you, how do you stop an MMA fighters from getting into a ring? I mean, it'd be like, I'm, I'm not gonna get in that guy's way, are you crazy? Yeah, right. But then again, if you were like Corey's size. You know, could probably be like, you know what, dude, you're not really going to hurt me very much, so, you know. Well, true. Do, do what you got to do, and I'm getting paid well. Maybe they
3: just need to hire Hoist Gracie to be the bouncer.
1: Wouldn't that be <laughs> something? And be like, and there's no tapping out against Hoist. Yeah, he right? is arm barring you until yeah. it snaps in three places, and you're screaming like a little girl. So, Yikes. You know, we could see it happen. Um, you made me think of something when you were talking about um, the US. Oh, so, you know, there was there used to be more than one brand. There was UFC, which was the most popular one because it started. But there was also Strikeforce, which was on Showtime. There was a couple other smaller ones. And UFC over time has purchased all of them. And I wonder if that hurt the brand because you could see... Well, I thought it was more that if you see these lower level matches and how boring they could be. Then that would be a great advertisement for UFC saying, No, we've got the fighters you want to watch. Those ones have the fighters. This is what you get when you don't pay the pay per view. The riffraff. Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> yeah, right. Because it like it's was on Showtime, right? Topic. So you
1: would see it all the time. And I mean, but I mean, I think that was also kind of considered like minor leagues, like, you know, single A or double A baseball. And then, like, you get promoted to UFC because you do get signed to a contract to fight in the UFC. Right. It's not just a person random person gets to do it you have to get accepted into the league then you can fight you for the to be
4: that lucky to
1: but they certainly you have, have, you have you have to be, to be that, that
3: charismatic, charismatic they so. certainly have cage matches and things like that that are kind <laughs> of more like you said minor league-ish and underground mm-hmm. underground yeah All underground
1: fights would be fun to watch those, those that's just that's just bare knuckle you know yeah Th- no. They need to do that in UFC. They need to take off the gloves. They need to be bare knuckle. They need to, like, you know, and they should do it like they do in Thailand, where they where they, get, they wrap them backwards in athletic tape, and then they dip their hands in uh, broken glasses, in broken glass. Yeah. And then, they, and then, you know, oh, now that's, you know. Is that from a movie? Didn't they I do that in been. a movie? My mom I'm sure one of the Van Damme. Show.
4: I can't believe you're talking like this. What you, would Carol say?
1: Yeah, Carol would love it.
4: <laughs> no, Carol,
1: Carol would not. Carol would have loss <laughs> yes, after would. just a few minutes. She yes, would, she would. My mom, yes.
4: Carol, no. She'd, Get him! Get him! <laughs>
1: Yeah. No, it, you know, it's kind of it's a it's a it's a it's a deep down thing. It 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 will it, pull you in. And Nate, what you're talking about, I think, is one of the Van Damme movies. Oh, that could be. Well, it was one of the really early ones.
3: I think really it was Street Fighter or something like that. Or... No, but I'm talking like
1: really early, like before he was famous. You know, yeah. before he got. But like, they used to dip their hands in
3: that hot glue, and then they yeah, imp- that's what it was. And broken glass. That's what it was. The glue. it was like uh yeah. They yeah. had those ban- like ace bandages wrapped around their hand, and then yep. they dip it in hot glue, and then broken glass. Yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, how you much know. more exciting would Mike Tyson fights have been if this Sphinx also got a slice of the jugular when oh, he got God. knocked down? You know, <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: would had would have had the people storming the streets. Well, I'll,
3: be honest, well,
4: I I'll be honest with you. I'll
1: be honest with you. The thing for me that
3: really um, I don't watch UFC anymore, and I, I didn't really watch it much at all to begin with, but. For me, it's that that grappling stuff is just not very exciting, you know. Like, no, it's not. If they, I I think they should outlaw that, and it should just be like a, a fight, you know. Like, <laughs> it's just you can't. Yeah, if you guys if they come together like boxers, the, the referee has to separate. But them. then isn't it boxing? With kicks? No, with kicks, so kickboxing, I guess. Okay.
1: Yeah, I I think that that's kind of its signature and I think some people do like that they like the technical aspect of it I agree with you I think it's boring I loved WWF wrestling when I was a kid <laughs> I don't quite understand why people like it as adults because it gets kind of well now it's so much it's more like soap opera than it is actual fighting now which yeah is it's
4: always been a soap opera for it has that's oh sure it? yeah well
1: because you had to create the the animosity between the two mm-hmm. fighters because they don't really hate each other because they're getting paid a lot and they know who's winning each fight you know it's like Oh, so you're going down. At, you're going down at about ten minutes. Okay, gotcha. How are we going to do that final move? Uh, I'm going to miss a splash, and you're going to do a leg drop. Okay, good, good. What's the yeah. guy's name? Vince. Uh, Vince McMahon. McMahon. That's right. Who's He's tried been... to start the XFL?
3: Yeah. Well, he so did start the XFL. There, aren't they doing it again? Uh,
1: I don't know if it's the XFL or a different league, but yeah, they're doing I the think same they're idea. They're doing it again. And I'm pretty sure uh, there's because like, there's like three or four guys who can't get NFL teams who wanna who want to purchase XFL or the, whatever the new league is. Yeah. NFL teams.
3: Yeah. So. Well, I I just. Yeah, I'm bored by, by UFC.
1: You know, I don't watch it at all. Um, I, uh, I got into it for a little bit. But, yeah, WWF is more exciting because you can see the moves. And it reminds me of that movie that uh, I think she was an ultimate fighter. And she was in American Gladiators. She was, one of the, she was one of the gladiators for a while. And she was really pretty. And I think her name was Gina. Hmm. And she got to be really, really popular. And she starred in a movie. And the movie was like its tagline was, oh, this is a real um, these are real fight scenes. Like we're doing real moves and real chore- choreography. It's this is like how it would actually go in a real fight, and it's boring as hell. I mean, it's just it was it's a very boring. Every every fight scene is really boring and it, and it looks really slow. Yeah, you know.
3: I they've kind of gone in a different direction too, because you know when we were kids they had all sorts of characters. You know, like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and Macho Man Savage. And they had and, a they had a click, right? Or not yeah. a click, but they had a,
1: a, something about them. The Ultimate Warrior with the face paint and the armbands. Macho Man had the weird way of talking, the sunglasses and the bandana, and Miss Elizabeth. I'm going to stop Hulk Hogan had the intro song and... Uh, brother. You know, hey, and, brother. Exactly, the vitamins yeah. and, the, and the super American who beat the Sheik, you know? Now it's like, it's mostly just dudes in small pants fighting each other. And it's like, I mean, like, John Cena is like the super champion, and you're like what what he, there's no there's no stick it's just him mm-hmm. and not that, he's not, not that he's not a good fighter and he's also he was funny as hell and he's
3: actually him. pretty he's actually pretty interesting guy
1: I, yeah, yeah i, I was going to say in that movie what was that movie he was in with uh um what's her name not amy prole but uh just recently no the so who's who's the the, the dirty comic she's she's super dirty comic Amy uh, Schumer. Schumer. And she had that movie. Oh, Trainwreck. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that scene when they're going at it. At the very beginning, yes. And she's trying to get him to like pop.
4: And she's like, you're like a little boy. Do you
3: remember that? That
1: movie.
4: I That's don't remember. I remember
1: the movie. I don't
3: remember that. Well, That movie uh,
4: pretty didn't, funny. It didn't make the same mark on yeah, me. Maybe. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, that was, I, you know what? I love when people push the envelope mm-hmm. and I just, I got such a hoot out of what she was actually putting on film. It reminded me of watching South park. Yeah. It was like, you know, it'll never be funny again to do the same thing because it, you can only be outraged once, but it, it's like one of the, it's so outrageous. It's hilarious. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. good. Yep. So, um, Anyway, back to uh, reality here. So let's talk (laughs) about the Dodgers. So first off, obviously, I'm incredibly biased as a a long, long time fan. But you saw Kershaw go in game two in the last series, and he was phenomenal. I mean, the guy mowed through guys eight innings, not one run allowed, like two hits. Mm -hmm. Best game, post game of his career. He now just had the shortest outing of his career, and he didn't get he didn't get like destroyed. I mean Shortest honestly, outing in the playoffs, right? I'm sorry, yes. Yeah. Yes, in the playoffs. And there were, I think, at least two, if not three errors by the Dodgers there were. in his start. So it's not really on his fault. But he did give up the first run. He walked a couple guys too. Mm-hmm. So But a home run to the opposing pitcher in the playoffs. Yeah. That's not good. No. And I say it to was a, of, a no name too. Yeah, dude, I saw it go out, and then it was like showing his name, and said, "Oh, it's the second of the season." I went, "Oh, second. So it must not be the he's pitcher. A, he's a hitter. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's like the the Brewers are starting like a pitcher that like is not even their good pitcher. They've been doing it for for a month. It's weird. It's like they're all relievers.
3: The Brewers are they're incredible. In fact, I could totally see them winning the World Series at this point. They're kind of on a run, you know. Um, they're they're starting pitching really. There really isn't any big names. You know, I think they're, you yeah, know, best, fears and stuff like that. Yeah, their buyers. best guy has been Yulis Shasin, who's like a career oh, journeyman. And Rocky. Yeah, 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 he's a former Rocky. But yeah, their starting pitching seems to give them just enough, and their hitting keeps them in the game. And then all they got to do is get to the seventh inning with the lead, and those three guys shut it down. So. But my
1: goodness, the Dodgers kind of broke that spell. I mean, three oh, did runs they? in I the last two innings. Oh,
3: I didn't see that two last Two runs night. in
1: the eighth and a run in the ninth. So what was
3: the final score? Five, Five, four? To six.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, they lost by one run. Oh. If, they had, if they had come back and beaten Milwaukee, which they had a shot at, I'm telling you what, the Dodgers would have swept that series. Because Minnesota, or Milwaukee, that stadium was so loud and so excited in like the fourth inning when they went up 5-1 to one yeah. and going just raucous and nuts and everybody cheering and hooting and hollering.
0: That when the Dodgers came back like that.
1: that, I just tell you, if they had come back all the way, I think they would have swept Milwaukee right out of the playoffs. Now, uh, Milwaukee held serve. So this is the biggest game of the series. It's always the biggest game of any game series. Two, you're yeah. locking it down, or you're making it, or you're making it even. And why Dave Roberts let Kershaw pitch the first game? I know he's the best pitcher on the staff. I know he's one of the best pitchers in baseball, and has been amazing for a decade. But he gets too excited. He gets too amped up, and he does what we all do when we get super excited. We stumble our words, or we, you know, we get nervous, or we don't feel quite right, or we're a little shaky, or Whatever it is, I think he just seems to miss his spots a little bit. But that's what I'm. But I yeah. think that's why.
3: Yeah, yeah, I
1: would agree with that. Because Absolutely. you saw when he didn't have it, he was fine.
3: Yeah, when he was relaxed. Yeah, I mean, I think had I been uh, Dave Roberts, I probably would have waited till game two. I think I would have run uh, Walker Buehler out there in game one.
1: Boy, I'd have done Ryu.
3: Just yeah, Ryu has been pretty darn good too. That's
1: and, and then, I mean, he might have looked at the numbers and been like, "Well, oh, no, no, Ryu had great numbers against those guys in in you know in Atlanta. The, he doesn't have good numbers against yeah." Those guys and in plus, Milwaukee. you know,
3: it's a game on the road in Game One. You probably don't necessarily expect to win it, you know. So, you know, having Game Two and bringing out Kershaw then to me is like maybe a little bit better situation for the team. But I don't know.
1: Yeah, I guess in the end, it was just. It felt to me like when the Cavaliers had a chance to win Game One against Golden State, and, and if they, they had done it, you were like, "Oh my God, that just sets the whole thing on its ear." And then they got swept. And then, <laughs> yeah, and I'm worried that's going to happen to the Dodgers now that they that they lost their chance to. I don't I, think I don't know if they'll be swept, but I think they lost their chance to really put a young team on you know to doubt itself for the first time. And if you can do that, you can beat them. Yeah, but well, they, don't they doubt just,
3: themselves now the Dodgers need to break this. Uh, whatever mojo that the Brewers have going right now, mm-hmm. and I think the way to do that is uh, you know, to get to the starting pitching.
1: Yeah, they got They've got
3: to score early, man. Especially, do they play tonight or tomorrow?
1: Uh, they play today.
3: Today, to, uh, two
1: two p.m. Mountain time.
3: Jeez, that's not a very long turnaround. I know. Really? In the NLCS, they've because play they the have next because day? they
1: have to put the AL later. They don't ever put the NL oh, later because of the Yankees. They like Well, no, there's no Yankees. The Red Sox. Well same difference <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whoa, we whoa gonna piss some people off um by the way i can't see it so if you ever see something else come up on the screen about a caller oh uh, JP, i've been trying to I don't keep know, an eye on it i don't know if you had a chance to watch the game last night but uh why don't you give us your thoughts on the nlcs and also why don't you give us a prediction of a winner in how many games
2: you, you know, I, I watched bits and pieces of the game. I was kind of moving back and forth uh, from college football to the uh, NLCS. Um, I agree with you guys. I would not have pitched Kershaw last night. I would have pitched him today. Uh, that's one of the biggest things. I mean, I mean, he was doing fine up until up until the fourth, and then he got the ax. But he also gave up the home run to the pitcher. And then late in the game, it wasn't a, 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 a just a – a No name utility player that to hit the home run to win
1: the game for him. Yeah, I think so. I it's just weird, man. Like I just don't. I, the Brewers are different, and I think that's that's really going to help. Yeah, it
3: just seems like they have somebody step up, and it's always somebody different every single time. So uh, it really gives some, you.
1: Was it the sum of parts is greater than the whole? Well, right? yeah,
3: but I think it kind of gives you the feeling of like. Kansas City a couple years ago when they won it you know they had that seven eight nine guy that could just shut the door their starting pitching wasn't really anything special you know the lineup is okay but they got a couple guys that you know somebody threw every single night Mm -hmm. um and they kind of have that feel so I'm a little worried for the Dodgers to be honest I think uh I think they will win a couple at home so I do think Milwaukee takes it in six uh but uh boy I the American League is going to be real
1: interesting. <laughs> I'm sure we got, what, Verlander sale tonight? Or Verlander price?
3: Uh, it's got to be sale.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not, he didn't pitch that recently, right? Right. I think it was game one of the ALD, yeah, game one, or yeah. ALDS. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, JP, what would your prediction be at this point for the uh, for this season? Uh,
2: well, I tell you what, if the Dodgers can win today, I like them going back to Los Angeles to pick up another game there, but I still think it goes six games, and Milwaukee takes it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I still think the Dodgers can win it because of the fact that they did score on that bullpen, and they scored a lot of runs. I mean, they scored five runs. That's, that's usually enough to yeah. win a playoff game. Uh, maybe not this year, because this year's been kind of a high-scoring playoffs, but... Well, that's... look
3: at the other teams <clears throat> in the American League. Those are some incredible offenses. So.
1: Oh, 16-1, to Red Sox won. You know, I hate the Red Sox, but I love them for knocking out the Yankees. So as I was saying, after that series, it's a tale of two, tale of two games, right? It's like the bad news is the Red Sox are moving on in the playoffs. The good news is the Yankees are out of the playoffs and there was really only one, only one of two options there. So, um, but you know what, JP, I think if the Dodgers win today and I'm not even sure who's starting, I mean, you should look that up. I'll bet it's Bueller. Yeah. I would, I would think it would be Bueller. It's Bueller, gotta be. There's somebody um,
4: named Bueller. Yeah, yeah. he's a rookie.
1: He's gonna be, Walker, He will be rookie of the year, except that there's viewer. a hitter, Akuna, that's been amazing. Uh,
2: it's um, uh, here. Here's here's the starters today. It's it's Miley for the Strohs, and it's Ryu for your guys.
1: Oh, Miley Ryu. for the Brewers, okay. yeah. Oh, Ryu yeah. It is Ryu. Yeah, so Ryu, I think, is a good yeah. choice. I do too. I still think it should have been. I, I still am not happy about Robert starting Kershaw on game one, but you know what? Roberts has been an amazing manager, so I love him to death, especially coming after Mattingly and that whole train wreck. So uh, if the Dodgers can win today, I think Dodgers win it in six. If the Dodgers lose today, Dodgers lose it in seven. But I still think they're going to make it. They'll mount a comeback. I don't, go, I don't think they'll go out whimpering like the Rockies did, which was just really embarrassing. Uh, so, oh, uh, they, did, they added Urias to the uh, NLCS roster. There you go. So I think that's a nice move to have him in there. And, you know, again, if if Kershaw hadn't had those errors and then give up those runs, I think the Dodgers bullpen could almost hang with Milwaukee, assuming that Kenley Jansen is able to pitch well, which doesn't ever seem to, to be
3: To me, that's going to be the telltale story for the Dodgers. I think uh, the bullpen, the starting pitching to me, it's, it's so much better than what Milwaukee has to offer. But mm-hmm. just for whatever reason, again, Milwaukee's just hot.
1: So... Yeah, um, and we saw what the Rockies did when they got well, red hot, except that Milwaukee survived the long layoff of like seven or eight days, whatever it was. Or seven, the Rockies did days. not. Rockies did not. Roy, and that, you're wearing that hat reminiscent of when we went to that game. We went and saw game three in Coors Field. 2007, right? Yeah, yeah, finally got one thing off my bucket list and seeing a World Series game live. I'd still like to see a Super Bowl. I did want to see an NBA Finals, but – I'd still like to see one if it's a good team. So I'm not really as enamored with the NBA anymore. Mm-hmm. But sure, would love to go to a Super Bowl. But I want to be rich enough that I can buy one of those suites. Mm-hmm. And so you have people like bringing you food, and you have big HD TVs, or you know, in your own bathroom, and then you can, you know, you can really enjoy the game the way you're supposed to. So, so going on to the ALCS, which is, uh, boy, this is kind of reminds me of the Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan in the WrestleMania 10. Like you just have like two superstars going up against each other, super teams going up against each other. So I guess here's our question we can answer. Who has the better offense and who has the better pitching staff in the ALCS?
3: It's a great question. So I'll I'll kind of give you my breakdown of each team, but okay. So looking at Houston, that lineup top to bottom is amazing. I think, Overall, they have a better lineup from the one through the nine slot than the Red Sox do. Uh, I think it's pretty close because I think the top end, the Red Sox probably have, you know, two of the better hitters with Martinez and Betts. But uh, I think from top to bottom, the Astros just have an incredible depth there. Um, I mean, you've got Alex Bregman and George Springer and Jose Altuve and Carlos Correa, I mean, I can just go on and on I mean, they've got tons of hitters You know, with Boston, I think it's more J.D. Martinez, Mookie Betts And uh, Ben Intendi You know, I mean, a couple of the other Bogarts can hit um, You know, and a couple of other guys can hit But it's not quite that From top to bottom As, as Houston has um, So I would give the edge to Houston there uh,
1: I now, do think a, a oh, big question about lineups is Would the Red Sox be better if they had kept Pablo Sandoval?
3: <laughs> the <laughs> panda Boy, he
1: was just boy top of clip. Anyway, go ahead with the yeah. pitching.
3: So pitching, I think mean, I think it's another really close you know, again, if you look at the Red Sox top end guys with sale and price, I think talent wise, they kind of, they definitely have the edge there with those two guys. However, the you know, you go four deep or five deep in the playoffs, I think the Astros have a better starting four overall um then a more consistent you know i mean you got dallas Keuchel your number three or number four guy i mean that's boy that's i impressive. mean i'm not
1: i'm not sure if i would say price and sale are better than verlander and cole that's, just this year just this year you know, sure i think career wise
3: i think that's a great argument i do I mean, uh, cole's
1: looked amazing but
3: i think sales the best pitcher in baseball in my opinion right now um
1: and if he wasn't hurt, I think it would help a lot.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, you've got – in Houston, you've got guys – you know, Charlie Morton, incredibly underrated. If you watch this guy pitch, I mean, I think he's, like, at least 36. A
1: journeyman made into a star. I but, mean, he you know. has
3: always had the stuff since he was in, you know, Pittsburgh.
1: Yeah, that's what I remember.
3: Um, I mean, if you watch the guy pitch, he has an incredible breaking ball. And, I mean, he throws 95, you know, at least. Um, so –
1: I think he was kind of like he's kind of like Chris Archer. I would agree with that. You know, he can't. He's volatile. Yeah, can't quite channel
3: everything right.
1: Yeah, but he's obviously. But again,
3: I think that's a great comparison because you look at the kind of the teams they were on previously. Like he was with, with the Pirates for a long time, Charlie Morton, and that Pirates team is really at the time was very similar to the Tampa team that Archer was on for so many years where the offense just was kind of non-existent. You know, they'd go out there, pitch 7 innings, give up 2 runs and lose.
1: Right. <laughs> you know, a lot of
3: the time. So, uh, good, you know, fortunately for Morton, he's gotten himself onto a good team, but I but again, you mentioned uh Verlander and Cole, they're one too. This year, yeah. I mean, they're as good if not better. You know, Price maybe has taken a, you know, a little bit of a step back. Although he's pitched pretty well in the playoffs so far.
1: Mm-hmm. Since he uh, came back from the injury. But I can't even
3: way. really maybe even tell you. Who three and four are for Boston. Is Eduardo Rodriguez one of them? Hmm. I'm not sure I can even tell you who they are. So That's a good question. You I don't know, know. I could probably name you know Houston's top four starters. But I can't name Boston's. But again looking at the bullpen. Another obvious then has that. Back end, pretty you know. Kimbrell is pretty shut down. Although Azuna has come in and done a, ver- a very good job for the Astros as well, which is pretty controversial, as we all know. Um, oh boy, yeah, he sure was good, man. Yeah, he's been he's been very good. So I so think
1: Joanna doesn't know why. Oh, the Roberto Azuna situation. Yeah, so baseball doesn't want to run into the same thing that football did with Ray Rice, which I don't know if you remember him or not. Uh, but Azuna was convicted of beating his wife, right? And suspended for
3: 50 games?
1: Yeah, MLB does long suspensions for domestic violence. And so this but guy came back, but then this, they, they the got team, traded because the team that was going to try and win it. No, he was, no, he was
3: released, it. wasn't he? Or was he traded? No, you're right, it was a trade. Yeah, I thought it was a it trade. It was, you're
1: right. Yep. But anyway, he got sent to a different team, and that team is rolling, and there's kind of a controversy of, should you have brought... Oh, there was Over. a big uh, pushback
3: from the fans, and the first game he pitched in Houston, wow. He
1: got booed. Yeah. Hard.
3: So, so this but sense, now, of course, winning cures everything for everybody, right? So that's mm-hmm. kind of gotten swept under the rug there because was, they're winning.
1: At one time, there was four Cy Young winners on the Red Sox staff, and I don't think they, all four of them are still there.
3: Oh, yeah, they are. So
1: Chris Sale, David Price, and Rick Porcello, that's the yes. number three. And Pomerantz, I think, is four. Pomerantz on I... a Cy Young? No, no, no. He's their fourth starter, though. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. They used to, they had four Cy Young Award winners at one time, two years ago, or last year. And I wow. can't remember who that last one was that they don't have this year. But this says their number four is uh, Rodriguez that you are talking about. And the number five, this is Nathan Valdi. Oh, yeah, that's right. They picked him up in a end-of-season the season trade with Tampa. And Pomerantz is in the bullpen. So they have a pretty good bullpen, though, with him and Kimbrell. That's a pretty good one, too, that can pitch longer innings. So... Um, so, Joanna, what are your thoughts on the ALCS?
4: <laughs> I might have to just plead ignorance here. I don't know what the... <laughs>
1: well, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> well, let's just try this then. I don't have a vote. So, I don't know. Dodgers and Brewers are playing seven games, and it's one to nothing in favor of the Brewers. Four wins is ends the series. How, who do you think wins that series, and how many games does it take?
4: I mean, I'd like to see it go seven, just because that's more exciting. Um, but as a good Midwestern girl, I would probably... Have to cheer for the Brewers.
1: And if you don't but pick you're the Dodgers, friend. you won't be paid, you won't be invited back to the show. So when
4: no, I think that's lose. I'm not sure.
1: There's there's absolutely nothing wrong with that pick, and it damn well could be exactly what happens. Um, well, why don't you give
3: us your picks for the ALCS, then, Mark?
1: ALCS. I think the Astros win it in five. Wow.
3: You know, it's funny. I've been picking Boston since the beginning. Um, I'm going to stick with them. Although I do, you know, boy, Houston's good. I think Boston takes it in seven.
1: I just think that Houston has shown that they didn't have a World Series hangover and they know how to win. And I don't think the Red Sox have spent much of their time so far playing a team that knows how to win.
3: No, nah, that's a very good point. Um, however, I be like, wrong. I love the, that home field advantage, man. Fenway. Yeah. I don't know if there is other than Yankee Stadium a a bigger place for a home field advantage. You know,
1: in baseball, in baseball, yeah.
3: Uh, I think there's definitely teams that could rival it in football and basketball. However, but
1: um, no, in baseball, you're probably right. Maybe Wrigley. Yeah, Wrigley. Um, maybe but Wrigley's Pat Bell, Wrigley's actually.
3: not as unique as Fenway.
1: You know Wrigley has
3: pretty normal dimensions. I mean the ivy right, kind the of Ivy's a little the, different. The, the hang up. Uh you know the dimensions of Fenway Park are really crazy, right? They oh, have the yeah. big green monster in left field that's really short. And then uh, the right field porch is incredibly short, like yep. right by the foul line right there. And
1: then it right like there. juts out almost like Freeman Park used to Was it Freeman yes. Park or the, the old, 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 or Shibes Park? whatever. Sportsman Sports? Park, maybe. Sportsman. Yeah. Where We used to play that one on the MLB The Show. Where it was just, like a 550 to center field. Yeah, awesome. I mean, Red Sox aren't quite that deep, but it's deep to center field. And there's even that that little perch you have to hit. So yep. that's way back there. Uh, JP, how about you? What do you think, uh, how many games do you see this one going? You
2: know, top to bottom, I like the Astros uh, and the depth that they have. And you're right, there is no World Series hangover for these guys. They're playing great baseball. I like them in five games.
1: Yep, Good see it, could see it. Joanna, Red Sox or Astros? Astros are the World Series champions. They won it last year over the Dodgers in seven.
4: Um, I mean, I, again, let's go seven games and Red Sox.
1: All right, so whoever, whoever loses has to buy burritos for a month. A month. So every day I have to drive up here to get me a burrito because I don't have a San Diego's nearby, which is just criminal. I don't Aww. know why there should be like a rule in Colorado Okay, well that
3: goes both ways. You'll be driving down to Denver every morning. Then. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, but I'm not going to be wrong. And if <laughs> I am, I'll just claim that I had a different prediction. Oh, so, okay. I know, I know, well, I know good, what I'm doing. Good
3: thing these shows are recorded,
4: right, honey? <laughs> Oh, here, let me just <laughs> uh,
1: Dee Dee Gregorius is having Tommy John surgery. Saw that. Why is that the second short stop in a year to need Tommy Thompson It's been
3: to a little more common lately, it seems like for position players.
1: Is it just is it the same thing in the NFL where they're just, they're getting too strong for their tendons?
3: I I just don't have the answer. I really don't know. Um it's it's very unusual, you know. Um I think the short stops do make obviously kind of some of the tougher throws on the field. Sure. You know, and they're usually not set when they make their throws so i think it does have a lot of impact and stuff on their body you know it's a long throw and they're throwing it as hard as they can and um yeah i think it certainly is probably going to see more of it
1: makes you wonder if they throw faster than pitchers do
3: oh some of them do yeah Yeah. i mean a lot of a lot of the guys in the pros that pitch are former shortstops you know sure
1: yeah well they say it doesn't matter how fast you can pitch you have to have movement even the well, even control. the 107, and well, control. right? But even like 106 mile an hour fastball, a, a true major league superstar can get around on it. He just and if it's not moving, it's just gonna it's just gonna be further. It's, my judges are just gonna get well, their feet. We, we saw
3: Gagne throwing 100 101, and <laughs> Bonds put that thing in the bag. Yeah,
1: and, and he had
3: movement. Yeah, so, yeah. Hell,
1: that was the Cy Young Award winner. Yep. Um, and so Joanna, I don't know if you know what that is. UCL. I I do.
3: Okay, yeah. excellent.
1: So for our listeners, why don't you tell our listeners what that means?
4: No, you go ahead.
3: The the ulnar collateral (laughs) ligament, right? It's in your elbow here. Oh, yeah, I Um, didn't know
4: that. I know what the surgery is because Nate has explained it to
3: me. Yeah, so Tommy John, he was the first guy to ever have it it done, right? right? They take a, a tendon from your thigh.
1: Something, someone in your league.
3: I believe it's a tendon from your thigh, and then they put it into your elbow, and they replace that uh, UCL, the ulnar yep. collateral ligament.
1: Kind of like an ACL surgery but but for your I arm. But it's, I
3: mean, it's kind of like an ACL for uh, you know basketball players. It's really, I mean, you you take one of those injuries, you're out a year. You know, I think the position players maybe not quite as bad as it would be for like a pitcher. Mm-hmm. I've seen. I forget there was a guy on the Twins that had it too. I don't know if it was Buxton. So how or, long are
4: they out? with that year. kind of a, a year. A year so, and pitchers
3: are usually out at least
1: a year. I think 16 months usually yeah. is the turnaround. A lot of times they come back and they pitch like 10 starts the next year just to kind of get back in the groove, and then the next year they're able to pitch again. And it's kind of like ACL. A lot of times your arm is actually stronger yeah, than it for, was before. For a while, yeah. Yeah. Um, that is amazing. I, so it I've is. talked a lot about why, because it happens so often to pitchers now, and ACL so often to, hit, or to, to big-time running backs, I don't understand why they don't go in and have preemptive ACL and UCL (laughs) surgery because you wouldn't have to be out as long for the repair for the healing. Right. And if you do it while you're in college, you could take steroids and you could get it, you know, well, no, it'd be like doctor prescribed steroids to make it heal. And then all of a sudden you go in there with a double UCL or a double ACL. It's so much less likely to get torn. And now you can have a, a better career. And you know what, maybe eventually what this does is people go in and have like five or six ACLs and UCLs put in and that way they can be oh like God. super runners. And then we can finally get the sports that we've been dreaming of all these years, Yeah, you know, be like the running man.
3: Well, I mean, you've seen, there's definitely cert. there has definitely been success post Tommy John. I and mean, we've seen a number of guys have the surgery and come back and do very well. Uh, maybe not necessarily that very next year. But mm-hmm. we've also seen guys have it and come back and not do very well, AKA you Darvish. Um, you know he has been pretty uh, pretty bad since his surgery. beat that guy. So just, um, just because of what he did fantasy team. Yeah, so. it's a it's a. T- injury for for pitchers you know but they do seem to come back i've even seen some guys pick up a mile or out, an hour or two on their mm-hmm. fastball mm-hmm. after post-surgery so sure. uriah is one of those for the Dodgers. I think there's still you know uh more to be studied with mm-hmm. with it you know like some guys seem to be able to get through that Surgery and then have long careers and do okay.
1: Adrian Peterson's doing great.
3: Yeah, we're still playing. Yeah, some guys are not able to overcome that, and then some have success in the short term, and then eventually it blows out again or whatever. But there has been a few guys that have had it done twice. Right. So at least twice. And done Charles, Charles, right? And done Three okay. Times. Yeah, I think Chatwood had it twice too for the pitcher for the well Cubs this year, Rockies last year.
1: Pretty sure he's right. had it twice right. as well. So. Man, like how back is
3: this, to back years. I want. How to
1: annoying would that be? Was that
3: twice? Yeah, He's had
1: yeah. that
4: surgery twice. Yeah. How
1: frustrating would it be to be like? You're only going to I it really tore twice. this twice. I tore it again. My mom wow. would
4: say you should put a zipper on it. Like that would have been a lot easier.
1: <laughs> well, that's why I'm talking about the two. You know, get <laughs> well, the two. Uh, get the two strands on it. You don't have to worry
3: about it. Unfortunately, he they only have two legs. So. Um, <laughs> You only got two shots at a Tommy John probably, huh? Unless you take one from somebody else.
1: There's sheep. There's cadavers. There's you know
4: well, I, su- I suppose there is. Yeah. yeah I mean I'm not hey, donating you... my body to help somebody out with a Tommy John surgery. I'm sorry. Oh, I, I, I don't my body to science, yeah. No. That's nope. the
1: only the only chance I ever have to be a major league baseball I player is if one of my somebody. tendons gets used as my from my cadaver for a <laughs> for a professional. So uh, I'm all about it. I and love I'll, it. I'll have that added to my tombstone, you know, pitched in this many, you know. Major League Baseball games because you know, Technically, That's that part would of pay me. Something you know, so I you want might credit. Have
4: to update, yeah. Your yeah. team might need to be updated. And I know? expect a contract. Yeah. And
1: yeah. I, I think it should be paid <laughs> prehumously. So well, you wait. know, I, I'll take it now.
4: Can't take there it with you.
1: you. Go. I'll take, uh, I'll take six million dollars. It's cool. I we didn't win the the stupid Mega Millions. I don't know what's going on there. What are the odds Man. that we bought twelve tickets and didn't win?
4: I mean, I mean, I'm not very mathy, but
1: not only did we not win, I don't even think we got one number right. You know who I blame. Maribel, yeah, <laughs> she all, she didn't she, didn't, she didn't sacrifice enough candles to the Mary Mother, and you know uh, <laughs> we, we're not getting our money. I do still have my my personal Mega Millions ticket up there, and I haven't looked at it yet. I also have a Lucky for Life ticket. That's I'd actually rather win that one than the well. I wouldn't rather win it, but it'd be more fun to win that one than the Mega Millions because that one you get a thousand dollars either a day or a week for life, and uh, that's my Lucky for Life. And the other one's the Mega Millions. But uh, I think those are both all the, both those drawings have gone on. So I might you might
4: already be talking to
1: a millionaire. In fact, I think the odds are pretty high that you are. But just cool. in case, you know, I don't want you to feel intimidated. Or you oh, know... I will not
4: feel intimidated. I can't <laughs> wait to go out house shopping with you when this.
1: When oh man, well, we're going to Barcelona. That's, that's, the, first, oh, that's the first house well, I'm okay. getting. Joanna, okay. this is a good, <laughs> good opportunity
3: to kind of plug yourself right here. So, oh yeah. I, I don't know if we introduced Joanna as my wife, but she is my wife. Um, my wife. My, and my, I, am, uh, I'm a I, I would like to promote her uh, new real estate business. So if anybody out there is listening and is in need of a new house, please give Joanna a
1: call. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll throw her on the website and we'll oh, give her a, yeah, yeah. a page there, and so that's our website at the Yep, and we will put you under the sh- uh, g- uh, show guests tab, and they can go there and click that on there and great. go straight I to have your website. all my
4: contact information she... there, and um, I work all over the place in Denver, and um, I'm working with Keller Williams DTC office, and I have a ton of support and a ton of really brilliant agents to support me uh, supporting you getting your home mark.
1: Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, see if we can drum up uh, five or six people who uh, need to buy a house and are in That'd our
4: insane
1: great. housing market out here in Colorado. We put San Jose to shame, which not many people can do. JP, <laughs> I was going to ask you, did you have ACL surgery?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, uh, my right one is replaced with a patellar tendon. Um, I got a screw and stick sta- staples in my right one. And then my left one, I have six staples in and no ACL. Um, when they did the surgery, I had so much swelling and liquid in my knee that my doctor did not want to do the ACL. So we put a brace on it, and I've been ACL deficient in my left knee since uh, 94.
1: You don't have any ACL, not even like a residual like from the original? No,
2: no, no. The, my
1: right knee is replaced ACL. The left knee has
2: no ACL. Wow.
1: wow. Wow. So, like, when you're walking, is it hard to walk straight?
3: <laughs>
2: yes, it is. And it's extremely
3: painful sometimes. <laughs> well, that's why you always look drunk. <laughs> <'Cause your laughs> well, <laughs> I can't
2: think of your knee. I have what you call classic, like, crispy knee. It's snack, crackle, pop with all oh. the scar tissue in it. Like, nice, uh, bud. Uh, now, I, J.P.,
4: I, what, did, what sports were you playing that all of that happened to you? Uh,
2: my right one happened in high school football in 1990. The left one was a combination of football, hockey, and Grateful Dead show. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: that's Fantastic. Great. I,
4: okay, I approve of the, that last competitive one. Competitive
3: sports, man, I'll tell you.
1: <laughs>
3: <Yeah.
4: laughs>
1: who's, uh, who's, the, who's the Grateful Dead um, member that Kathleen's sister-in-law represents as an attorney.
3: Oh, I don't know. Is, it,
1: is Les Paul?
3: Les Paul is a guitar guy. He, no, that's he right. Ended, he's, he makes yeah. them, doesn't he? Yeah.
1: No, who's the who's the guitarist or bassist for the Grateful Dead?
3: Phil Lesh is yes, the bassist. Phil, Phil
1: Lesh. Phil oh. Lesh. His, her sister-in-law is his attorney.
3: Oh, really? Yeah, and they oh, know, and
1: they right. actually know the like they oh, like they like had dinner with them and JP and I son. met Phil. Yeah, we met fellow KBCO. Yeah.
3: Yeah, we cooked for him, and uh, what a yeah. great...
1: Where, where where did you say you met him, JP? KBCO. Uh,
3: KBCO. Oh. So JP and I used to work for a catering company that the owners of the catering company were good friends with the guys up in Studio C, which is KBCO radio station Older Boulder. Uh, Studio C used to have mm-hmm. all the big names that came to town for concerts. Mm-hmm. They would have them up for a quick, like, acoustic two, three-song set Uh, to play for fans, you know, and so they would always call us last minute, hey, can you bring some food up for these guys, and so we got a lot of cool experiences, we got to meet some pretty awesome artists, Uh, but I would say my favorite was Phil and Warren Haynes, and uh, and that whole crew was just awesome, we sat there, and you know, listen to play some music, and then afterwards, they, while they were eating, we just kind of listened to them tell stories. And uh, you know, they were wow. talking about uh, a concert they did, like what was that in the seventies when they came to Colorado and they were in a bus, and you know, <laughs> told us how it broke down. And yeah, it was just a cool experience and just really genuine guys. So uh, it
2: kind of, it definitely was. I remember uh, Jimmy Herring, uh, yeah. the story he told about down in Durango <laughs> where he got his actual guitar stolen off stage. <laughs>
3: That's what it was. That's what it was. That's right. His guitar got
2: st- stolen. Yeah,
3: <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah. He's like the lead, he was the lead guitar player, and now he plays for Widespread Panic, right, JP? Yeah, yep. Harry, he plays for he Widespread.
1: Player. Yeah. So. Anyway, we did. We got to meet some cool people. That Studio C uh, used to be an album every year. Remember that came out? Yeah, yeah, they would. And it was a big deal in Boulder. Oh yeah, we lived up there, and I mean, that was that CD was played everywhere every year. The new CD would be. There were
3: some big names. I mean, we did John Mayer, Dave Matthews, uh, Paul Simon, Simon. Sting, Hmm. uh, lots of lots of cool people. Yeah. Yeah, and
1: you know, and what I remember about KCBO was it would either be wonderful playlists, like you'd be like wow, 10 great songs, one after another, or 20 just wretchedly bad songs, and you'd be like, you really play Sarah McLaughlin back-to-back? You know, it's just like, oh, my God, no, come on. But, Holy you know, but then, but then they'd then, then they roll off, like, five just amazing songs, so it was just, it was always weird, but um, it was a good state. It was the best one Boulder had, I think. Oh, yeah, it's still, in. It's and it was, still there. And it was so hard to get uh, KVPI up there. Is KBPI still a rock and roll
3: station? I don't know. Is that 106.7? Yeah, it, I don't it, know. it moves up to 107.9 now.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, okay.
1: I think 106.7 might be a country station now.
2: Yeah, it changed the country.
1: Yeah, okay. And then 107, was it 107.3? Was the was the rap an R&B station?
3: Yeah, oh, I'm not sure. Like, they're
1: both hard to get, they're both hard to get up and then here. And then
3: there's a comedy mm-hmm. station now too. Oh ninety
1: three nine or no.
3: 03,
4: 03, oh, yeah, 03,
1: three one three. I love that. I love yeah. comedy stations. Nice
4: yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah.
1: They need to you know what they need to do? They need to introduce a channel, an audiobook channel. And just be like from you know, from this hour to this hour, every day we're gonna do an hour a or a idea. chapter yeah. of you know yep. Yeah. Probably be expensive, but I mean that'd be my, my mom listens to just a bazillion of those oh. things when she drives back and forth to my mom, my sister's house.
4: Yeah. Yeah. You know, my mom. Yep. She averages about seven books a week. And one of the ways that she listens. Yeah. Um, yeah. Seven books a week. She is a man. Yeah. I mean, granted lot. she's mostly retired. She has a, she has a side gig going, but yeah.
3: I've never and met anybody she, that reads like
4: her. You, you can't, that's just, you can't that's get really faster. fast
1: reading. Oh, that's hard to do. I mean, I can read fast if it's a really enjoyable book, but I don't know if I could get through the whole. Well, I guess it. I mean, I guess does she sit down and, and commit a whole six hours a day to this or four hours? No, she does Kind of,
4: or... you know, I don't know. She kind of does it in spurts.
1: Okay.
3: She gets
4: up early. I mean, she just doesn't sleep. That I also much. think she oh, doesn't helps.
3: read <laughs> helps. in a traditional manner. Like if I'm going to get up and read a book, I read the whole thing. It takes me time to read it. I think your mom is able to kind of re- like speed read a little bit.
4: She might. I've actually never asked her that. I should. I should well, find she out. told me she skims. Oh, OK. Yeah. She
3: told me that. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because I asked her. I'm like, I mean, I'm not a fast reader, but if I were to sit down and put aside like a six hour block of time, I could probably finish a 350 page book, you know, but if it's interesting,
4: yeah, I know. A, I sit down
1: for like forty minutes. It's like wow, I, I could have gotten all this other stuff done. I gotta go, gotta go, gotta yeah, go, gotta go. LA. Yeah, you know, especially with all the stuff I got, you know, with with work now and stuff, and especially I've been going to New Jersey. I got to get like everything yeah. ready for that. And, and but I remember
3: typically I read maybe about fifty to sixty pages an hour, like a page a minute. Basically. That's good. Yeah.
1: That's pretty good. Uh, yeah. I'm, I, now, I, you know, I, I think reading is like any other skill, right? Like the more you do it, the better you Definitely. get at it, the faster oh, you get at the it. earlier
4: you start, um, yep. yep, And I've
1: always contended, I think you can tell people who are big-time book readers. It doesn't mean they're not big readers, but big-time big time book readers don't misspell very often. Mm-hmm. Now, big-time just readers still do. But if you read books, because of the fact that you have to understand motifs or you have to follow motifs to follow what's going on, yeah. that seems to reduce it because I notice a lot of the people that I work with, who don't spell very well it's usually that they don't like to read books mm-hmm. but they, they still they, they read plenty and
4: they're they're
1: pretty educated
4: most of them are sharp as razors i mean they're there's, there's, there's science around even you know handwriting notes over typing notes like there is science that there is a connection between the handwriting and your brain and i'm sure holding the book versus Mm-hmm. You know, so there
3: is that perspective we're looking for, Joanna. <laughs> oh, well, you're welcome. I do still uh, <laughs> prefer
4: reading a book to oh, reading a Nook
1: or a, a, a tablet. There's uh,
4: something about it. Yeah, yeah. Now, never I, tried a Nook. I
1: haven't tried the Kindle Paperwhite. Wait, and I want to try that or the whatever the whatever the white one is. Yeah. Where it's like it's supposed to look exactly like a book page, mm. like the, the 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 brightness and the contrast and everything is supposed to be just spot on. Now, nooks are fine. I've read a number of Star Wars books on there, and I read, like, you know, The the Stranger in a Strange Land, and I read a lot of, of Philip uh, Dick's uh, science fiction books on that, and they read fine, but it's not... It's so the just, same
3: as turning a page.
1: Well, and sometimes you'll realize that you read something, but you didn't, like... I mean, maybe kind of what you're saying with Joanna's mom, like, I read something that maybe I don't just, you know, snapshot it really sharp, and you're getting to the next paragraph, and you're like, oh, wait a minute, I what happened? go back. Oh, okay. I have
3: to do that, too. You
1: know? Yeah. And... uh I don't know. The only book, and I also think that if you read, for me, if I read in a straight block, the longer I read, the faster I read. Yes. So I start oh, yeah. out just kind of reading, but then it starts going faster and faster as I get into it. Because mm-hmm. I remember when I read the seventh book of the Harry Potter series, which to me is still the best book I've ever read, I just could not believe how fast. I mean, I read the whole thing in two yeah. nights.
4: Oh, and I, just, I didn't even want yep. to. And I, I couldn't stop. Best book 450 read, page well. book in three days that was like. In bed, I should be falling asleep when I'm reading it. it
1: and you couldn't
3: the one, because it was White so Olander,
4: interesting. Absolutely one of the most beautiful My mom things. talked
1: about that book.
4: One of, I mean, it's a it's a movie, obviously, but I haven't seen because it looked just too serious Is that the one
1: with Tom Cruise?
4: Michelle no, it's Michelle Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's the story. She goes to prison. Um, it's older, for right? Murder. Yeah. I, it was an Oprah book club, actually. Um, but I mean, Oprah. the movie is at least five, ten years yeah. old, right? Yeah. 15, was, it, was she like, 15, was, is it
1: like a wrongly accused thing? Or, um, like, was any I not want to, yeah.
4: I'm just going to say the mom goes to prison for murder and her daughter goes into uh, the foster care system in Los Angeles. And oh, it is like and beautifully I written, heavy, root, root and insightful. Her. Okay. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful book. But anyway, my mom would be so amazed. She is kind of on par with sports like me.
1: So well, she's going to be
4: amazed that she has been talked about a couple times on the sports <laughs> offensive.
1: And that was Carol?
4: Carol. All right. She's going e. to a little later. Yep. Carol with an knee. and my dad Chuck's going to be listening but later.
1: I, I still contend that Carol's going to get blood drunk once she sees a little bit of Thai boxing with uh, with a broken glass.
4: All right, Mom. <laughs> I wish hey. you were going to listen live. She, she, loves, reading she loves reading about murder. I wouldn't put it back. She does, hey, hey, there you go. Swedish and Norwegian, Those are that's some dark, dark fiction. And she plows through it so mm-hmm.
1: is that is that your favorite book of all time
4: white oleander mm-hmm. no but it's it's one of the most yeah it's, it's a beautifully written well, what book. Is your, i just finished it what is your favorite book oh i always oh my goodness the one i've reread the most times um would i guess would be they're kind of regional i guess my mom's gonna laugh at that but i love peace like a river uh by leif Inger and i really love staggerford by john Hassler who's one of our minnesota authors his, his is name is leif leif Leaf. Leaf.
1: Kind of Leif, Leif? Norwegian. Really?
4: Yeah, you've yeah, heard of Leif, Leif Eriksson, right?
1: Mm-hmm. No, um, maybe I have. I, I don't know name, names if I don't. He was like people. an old
3: Viking king or whatever. Yeah.
1: What was mm-hmm. his
3: name? Leaf Erikson.
4: Leaf Erikson Park. Yeah. The, uh, the, the American Minnesota.
3: pronunciation is Leaf.
1: Leaf. Yeah. yeah. But it's
3: probably Leaf I, I in Norwegian. Back right? in yeah. my and hometown.
1: I, I think I. I mean, that'd be presumptuous, but I might know your favorite book because I remember the way you talked about it. Which one? Um, Girl on a Train. Oh, I don't think that was my favorite
3: book, but it's certainly top five.
1: And see, I still yeah. have that from you. I haven't read it yet, but I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. love the movie, and I'm worried that the movie will make the book boring. I mean, a lot of times it's hard to do in the reverse know. order. I did read Misery after seeing the movie, but mm. Misery was so much more graphic and and. And gross and awesome than the movie. Even oh, though the movie Stephen was outstanding. King.
4: Yeah. I'm I
1: read
3: a, a I read that his. book I don't know, ten years before the movie came out, probably. Oh really? Oh yeah. There was a huge gap between when the book came out and the movie came out. Um but I was impressed with both. I thought the movie was well done. Um uh, but the book is just Amazing. I mean, that could, that's a top five for me as well. Misery.
1: The scariest book I ever read was was turned into the least scary horror movie I've ever seen was Pet Cemetery. Yeah. The movie I laughed a few oh, times. It was so bad. Cheesy. But could that be. that book, there were two times I had to put the book down and put it in a different room so I could go to sleep.
4: Oh, did you have to put the book in the freezer like Joey? Uh, like and Joey, friends? I <laughs> it came close.
1: Came close. That was a Shining though. That was another oh. one that was hard for me to read. But that when I read that, I didn't know, I had no idea the story was almost I- completely different from the the movie. The movie. I mean, like yeah. like Are these even the same
4: story? You I know? am I am a a new fan of Stephen King. I will admit, I've only read a few books, but he is. So, Dreamcatcher is, is
1: amazing.
3: So, so is Needful Things.
1: Oh, I haven't read them. I, I tried to watch it; it was terrible. The show, but I haven't read it yet. Oh, it's great. The Walk is good. Where you have to where well. The Walk I, is good. yeah. And then Dreamcatcher, though, is not a very good movie. No, okay. the, book, the book's phenomenal.
4: Salem Lot is
1: oh yeah, that was hands good.
4: down some of the best writers.
1: I remember that you, me, and Brian passed around the Dreamcatcher book. Yeah. All in Ithaca. Yep. That didn't happen very often, that a book went to all three of us because it was like, dude, you gotta this. got this so to good. read We got Brian to read.
3: We got Brian to read.
1: Well, once he went on that sailing trip, he became a voracious reader because he read Shogun and he read The Lord of the Rings. Uh, the, you know, the, 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 the trilogy one. And the, yeah. yeah. And that's, if you've never read that, I've never read that because I can't get through the Hobbit. Cause I get so bored with his writing style, but I've heard that if you enjoy the style that the Lord of the Rings, yeah, I'm unbelievably immersive. It's cool. I,
3: you know, I enjoyed the Hobbit quite a bit. The Lord of the Rings were, were those three were pretty tough to get through Uh return of the King was good. Pretty drawn <laughs> out. So, um, but I guess if I had to say my favorite book ever, is probably The Firm. Oh, that was good. Um, that book, I think I read it in about four hours, five hours, something like that. I just blazed through it. It was I, incredible.
1: I actually read that when I went up to, uh, I was with my mom and my stepdad. And I was still pretty young or younger. And uh, we went to like a bed and breakfast place. And there was no TV, no radio. And obviously, that was way, well before the internet. And uh, yeah, I just read the whole book. there the was firm. a John,
4: or, uh, yeah, John Grisham there. That's good. Absolutely, I yeah. mean he's That's fantastic.
3: Like- the Pelican Brief was incredible. I mean the Rainmaker, Chamber, all of them. Were- good so yeah he's got but a lot of the really firm
1: the, certainly the yeah.
3: lawyer, he's, got a really, lawyer.
4: he's got a really great podcast called book tour
1: oh does he's got he a podcast he sure
3: does
4: cool. he interviews authors and oh cool we'll it is check that really out. great Interesting. yeah that's something my mom turned me on to yeah right. cool. Cool. well cool well, it's not plan. really anything
1: to do with sports yeah but, uh, but that's
4: okay you know
1: that's, that's i uh, good. i think that's what i'm hey, here for if you want to call in and tell us your favorite book hey why not that'd be cool so joanna we should have you uh reread the trivia question for the audience out there
4: All right, here's the trivia question I have no business asking. Drew Brees took the record for the most yards passing in a career. What is the most receiving yards in a career? We want the player and total yards. Very good.
1: So we don't want to let Nate answer that one because I know he knows the answer already. Well, I know
4: who it is,
3: Right. total yards, Uh, it's going to be a total guess.
1: JP, do you want to take your shot at who it is?
2: Uh, well, it's it's either Randy Moss or Terrell Owens. I can't remember which one wound up with more yards. But I believe the total yardage is a, around the 10,000-yard mark, somewhere <laughs> a little bit over 10,000, but under 11.
1: So I'd say if you're going along with JP, you're going to be wrong. Uh, but you actually, wow. So it's actually a lot more yards than that.
4: It's okay, JP. I don't so, know the answer either. I, <laughs> I think those are both
3: great guesses because I think Moss and T.O., might be one two in touchdowns all time mm-hmm. however that might I'm be what i'm thinking of pretty sure jerry rice has the yardage um and that's just my guess and and if you look at total yards i mean jerry rice played close to 20 years i think which is unheard of anymore right so even if he was averaging well, at
1: least for a skill position
3: yeah me. i mean even if he was averaging a thousand yards a season that's 20,000 yards, right? There. And he had a couple seasons where he was close to two. So I'm going to guess that he was probably around 25,000 yards. All
1: right. So you, the player is right. It is Jerry Rice. You actually have guessed too many yards. Okay. So, JP, you want to take a shot at the yards?
3: He said 11,000. Well,
1: I mean, but now he knows oh. it's, le- it's more than that, but it's less than 25. Okay.
3: Um, <laughs> let's go into the 17,000 range. Got to be right. 20.
1: So it's more than that.
3: Yeah, it's got to be 20.
1: It is more than 20. Yeah. So it's 22,895 yards.
3: 22,000. Wow. Any thoughts or ideas on how many yards Emmett Smith had as the leading rusher ever? Was it close to that number or was it more? I think it might be closer to 30. Yeah.
1: Wow. That's a great question. That should be your quick question. question. We, I don't know the answer to that. Well,
3: we'll have to um, figure it out. I don't think it'll take very long for me to look that up.
1: No. I mean, it happened when he was with Arizona, and you. I mean, thirty doesn't sound, does not sound, unreasonable at all. Uh, I'm going to guess more like twenty-seven thousand, but uh, yeah, I don't know because he had a lot oh, of years. Oh wow. that's more actually than...
3: quite a bit less than we thought. Oh, Emmett Smith. 18,355 yards
1: oh, he sucks. but
3: that is 1,500 more yards than Walter Payton who is second and then another 1,500 yards ahead of Barry Sanders who is third
1: Also oh, you got Sanders so, who quit early you've got uh, um, Sanders played, who got sick and then you've got uh, Brown who retired young so they all could have had much more yards oh
3: absolutely so Barry Sanders only a nine-year career Ran for 15,000 So So he'd have hit 25 His average had to be quite a bit higher Uh, Peyton played 12 years So three years longer with 1,500 more yards So that's an average of 500 more yards a season Mm. uh, For those last three years And then Emmitt played 14
1: years Only 14? Yeah I mean, so, for a running back,
3: it's well, exceptional. Well, technically, fifteen. am I'm, I'm, My math is off a little. You see, 1990 to 2004. You think it's 14 years, but it's actually <laughs> right. It's actually 15, right? right.
1: So, so each one of those of zero. Players, we don't need right, to count zero.
3: Right. So each one of those had one more year than I mentioned, but um, yeah, fifteen hundred yards more than the second best guy. So, hmm. But 18,000 compared to Jerry Rice, you said 22?
1: 20, almost 23.
3: So, wow, that's
1: impressive, you know? But easier five. to get a yard through the air than it is on the ground. Now, oh, what, especially now. You, know, you can also look up is how many all-purpose yards is the most ever. I would say that's got to be Marshall Falk. Probably, probably. Priest Holmes? I don't think he played as long. He
3: didn't play long enough.
1: Um, who else was an amazing catcher and runner? Tomlinson yeah Tomlinson that's a great Uh, yeah that might be it that he might be the one although if if we had somebody that had um return yardage if that counted that might put somebody up over the top a little bit you know get that extra 130 yards a game of of returning punts and kicks
4: what I just saw something come up on the screen oh my vision that's just an update I think Okay, here okay. we go. Here we go.
3: Total all purpose yards gained. Jerry Rice is number one. Twenty three thousand five hundred and forty six. So he probably had close to a thousand rushing yards. Mm. Um, no,
1: well, how much was it? Twenty
3: two five forty six or twenty three five forty six.
1: So five hundred So like hundred six hundred yeah. uh, rushing yeah. yards. Yeah. Um, pretty good.
3: You will not believe who number two is. In fact, I don't think anybody could get it, but I could see JP getting it because he was on uh, the Eagles for a while.
1: Ricky Waters?
3: No. Think about somebody that no. returned punts and kicks, but also was a running back slash receiver.
2: It wasn't Irving, was it? Oh, nope. That would have been uh... – Early
3: 2000s, he played on the Eagles. He was also a Redskin and a Giant. It's, it's not
2: Vice
3: Kahama. Yeah. Like no, no, no. You'll when I tell you <laughs> awesome. when I tell you who it is, JP, you'll 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 be like, oh yeah. yeah I, just, I can't
4: believe I don't know this. I'm sorry. I know. Come guys, on, I'm Joanna. Really...
3: Okay, reach uh, deep in the depths. Brian Mitchell.
4: What? Yeah. Oh yeah, Brian Mitchell. Yeah. He
3: he returned kicks and punts
2: for yeah. He did. Years
3: and ran a lot back. What? Yeah. So here to round out the top five. We've got Walter Payton at three with twenty one eight oh three, Emmett Smith at four with twenty one five sixty four. And then number five is kind of interesting. Tim Brown.
1: Oh uh, receiver makes sense. uh nineteen
3: thousand six eighty two. And then we'll go two more on the list. I'm not gonna go on and on, but six is Darren Sproles.
1: Jeez, yep. really?
3: Nineteen thousand two twenty five. Oh, those injuries. And then Marshall Falk is seven, and Tomlinson is nine, and Sanders ten. Oh. So Steve Smith eight. So that rounds wow. out the top ten. Wow. Falk is that low? But yeah, it's an amazing list because you get Herschel at Herschel Walker at eleven, Frank you know, Gore at twelve. Gore? Yeah. So that's impressive. It's just
1: length of career at that point, right? Yeah. I
3: mean Marcus Allen, Curtis Martin, oh, Marcus Allen, Tiki Barber fifteen, Stinky. Eric Metcalf. Derek Mason, 17, and Wes Welker, 18. Thurman wow. Thomas, and then Tony Dorsett. So that's top 20 all time. TO just
1: outside. So wow. That's pretty impressive. You know, with Marshall Falk, I think we forget sometimes that the greatest show on turf wasn't that long of a time period. It was really No, like six years, However, but he remember, was good he was at the Colts. He yeah, wasn't Colts. great. They they didn't use him that way. He was more of a. They did rusher, for two
3: years, did they? Yeah, but then they traded him, and then they brought in Edgerin, who did the same right. thing. Right, James turn, was great yeah. for a long time. So, boy,
1: back in the Manning years, making Indianapolis great, and then yeah. boy, they poor luck, man. They just can't put the same formula together, even just regular season winning that Peyton well, used. To.
3: I think this trivia question kind of brings up kind <laughs> of an interesting point. Um, the way the game is played now, you know, with with the passing game really dominating, um, you know, you look at the way guys, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when you had guys like Marino and Montana playing the game, a 4,000 yard season was uh, like incredible. It was really pretty unheard. It was pretty unheard of really. Um, and now you got guys throwing for 5,000, you know, sometimes multiple guys in a season throw for 5,000. So it's just something you don't see very – you didn't see very often 25 years ago. And the fact, game has changed.
1: If you don't throw for 3,500 yards as a quarterback, you had a bad year. Yeah. You know? I mean, mm-hmm. bad
3: maybe is maybe a little extreme, but like,
1: – I'd say your team had a bad record.
3: Yeah, but, I mean, you look at maybe like Deshaun Watson or Carson Wentz, who didn't play a full 16 games that were probably on pace to throw for 3,500
1: or even less than four. You know, and, oh, I'm not I'm not railing at somebody who who got seasons. hurt. I mean, that's yeah. you didn't get to play all your games. I'm, I'm right. talking about somebody get to play all their games. Sure. I'm not going to criticize Aaron Rodgers for having bad numbers if he, you know, if he. But no, I'm bottle. just
3: saying, had you projected those guys out to a full season, had they not got hurt, they would have been under four thousand, and were still very successful. So.
1: You think Wentz was under four thousand? Maybe not
3: Wentz, but like and Deshaun Watson. Who knows? Yeah. If he only
1: played three games, Yeah, Wentz's games.
3: numbers were pretty ridiculous. He had
1: like 33 touchdowns. Yeah, I think games, he probably so. was close to yeah, 4,000 yards. He probably would have been. But yeah. uh, that was a hell of an offense, though. He ran for so many yards. So that was a wild... Uh, that was a wild year last year. They sure did catch lightning in a bottle because they don't look like the same team this year. The even defense, though they did win us some... They won us some money on Thursday. I would
3: say the defense looks pretty close to what they were last year. They're not quite as in sync you know, in that secondary, for whatever reason,
1: the secondary... Well, they're not ahead all the time like they were last year.
3: Right. But the secondary last year, at the beginning of the year, that was like the big thing on the news. Oh, Philly's secondary just isn't very good. Right. And they talked about it for like six weeks, and then it's like, uh, they just kept winning, kept winning. So the secondary well, Dar- actually must not be Darby, very bad. He's,
1: he's been phenomenal. Yeah. So. so
3: I think they're not playing at the level they did last year. But, I mean, that defense is pretty close to who they were. But the offense certainly... You know, Wentz is still kind of, you know, trying to find his groove, I think. Um, It does seem like Elshon Jeffries, you know, finding his groove. um, But the running back situation has been kind of a carousel for them.
1: Well, and all the injuries now.
3: That's what I mean. And the
1: rumors now Um, that they might go after Le'Veon Bell. But I don't see the Eagles making a dumb offer. And I don't see Pittsburgh accepting below average. You know, I mean... They're going to want a good player and a second-round pick, I think is what I last heard, that they would take for Bell. A second-rounder? Really? A second-rounder and a, and a quote-unquote good player. Mm. So, so basically a first-rounder Yeah. Then. Well, you got to remember that Le'Veon Bell, you're renting him for six games pretty much because yep. he's going to be a free agent. Right. So you'd have to re-sign okay. him.
3: Okay, so then that makes more sense. A second-rounder makes a lot more sense in that scenario. But I think if you're the Eagles, it, before you make that trade, you would have to have some assurances from the agent that he's going to re-sign with the team after the six games, you
1: know? Yeah, that's not happening. I think what you do is you say, oh, we want to win another Super Bowl. Let's see what we can do.
3: I suppose so. And that's you know? a good, you know, a good if, incentive. And if you
1: win a Super Bowl with him, maybe he says, hey, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll stay here. Or maybe as the Eagles, you say, you know what? we've done so good rotating running backs. We're just going to rent you for a half a year. Like the Broncos in and, the 90s, uh, right? Yeah, we'll go ahead and let you go. And then, you know, he'll go get signed by big money by some idiot like, you know, well, Dallas can't do it because they already have Elliott. But, you know, some of the one of those dumb teams like Red Sox, right? Or not Red Sox, Redskins. Yeah, that'd know? be a
3: perfect thing, right? right. Little, the Redskins, they always make dumb moves. Dan Snyder would
1: pay him $185 million <laughs> in NFL in week he two. He's always
3: about three years behind that guy. <laughs> He thinks he signs. He always thinks he signs like the best player. Remember Haynesworth? Oh my goodness! What a disaster! It was like twenty-five million or something, wasn't it? They signed oh, the guy. Oh,
1: something. It was a hundred and something million. But I was mean, the per guarantee season. was
3: huge. Yeah. yeah, it was a huge amount of money. And the and guy, the guy played, was a
1: total bust. And, well, how do you, how do you sign a player without talking to your defensive coordinator and your head coach and the GM? And being like, what kind of system do we run? Can we convert to this system? Because they turned him into a three-four instead of a four-three. That's exactly. And he's like, happened. I'm not a nose tackle. That's right. And so he didn't even want to play anymore. That is
3: correct. And it was Who it was that? it was really improper usage on their part. Um, I mean,
1: if you draft Eric Crouch, okay, yeah, I could mean, I say you have to be a running, you have to be a wide receiver, or we're dropping him. Well, you. sure,
3: it's like it's like drafting Barry Sanders and then never running the ball.
1: Yeah. So why I just, would you do that? Speaking of. So I'm going to skip the first one here and go to the second one in the NFL, okay. the Broncos. Okay. Hometown team. who what the are
4: hell are they? Doing?
1: <laughs> That's a good first note. What the hell are they doing in Denver? Dude, <laughs> they have the highest per run average in the NFL. But they won't run. And barely run the ball anymore. I just Vance Joseph needs to be fired. And I know some people are saying that Elway should get fired. No, not yet. He put together a Super Bowl winning team and twice in five years. You don't get fired for being in the pinnacle two out of five years. I don't care who the free agent was. You brought in Peyton Manning, whoever. He still built an amazing defense after building a great offense. I mean, he built an offense that had the most yard, most points scored ever. And then he built a defense that almost single-handedly won a championship. I got, I got to disagree a little
3: bit with you. I think. I think Elway has done some good things. He certainly was amazing in free agency um, and has brought in some great players that fit really well. Um, I think he's also, you know, the Kubiak move and the Wade Phillips move were great. Um, You know, he's been pretty smart with things like that. However, I don't think John Elway has drafted very well um in fact i would say he the broncos might be one of the worst drafting teams in the last five years if you were to go and look at the roster up and down first round through seventh round picks over the last three years how many guys are still on that denver roster mm-hmm. i would be very interested to know be i mean you look at how many first round picks have they had that are busts mm-hmm. a lot
1: a lot unfortunately yeah in the I last
3: have. you know that since have quarterback... been there
1: um, now, I mean, I, some of those I'll put on Elway. Some of them I won't. Uh, I mean, he nailed the Vince Miller or Von Miller pick, right? Well, and Well, I'm just that's saying. It's pretty you know, hard
3: to mess up a number two draft pick.
1: Well, but I mean, you know, it isn't. I mean, that is a transcendent player. And then you've also got, I mean, imagine if Bradley Chubb was playing the way that Von did his rookie year. Broncos defense would look a lot different. But I can tell you what, it already looks like the Broncos defense is doing the same thing they did last year, which is they said, you know what? Fuck you. We're not going to sit here and and put in all this effort if you're not going to even attempt to score points on your side. And I think they they held out a little bit longer, but when they blew that game against Kansas City, I think they just mailed it in.
3: Well, I also think Denver thinks their defense is a lot better than it is. You know, I I do think they're very talented up front. I really do believe that. I think Bradley Chubb will be a good player. I really do believe that. He's a rookie. He's done pretty well. Uh, it's a big adjustment, you know, and I think uh, Derek Wolfe is certainly he played really good the last two weeks. Really good. Um, you know, Vaughn has been a little bit less this year. He has not given us what, what you would expect. So
1: good that first game or two. I, but
3: I mean, you know, he's getting double teamed, you know, every play. So I think, you know, he'll get his eventually, but he certainly hasn't been what he has been advertised as. Uh, the linebacking core, lots of injuries. You know, Brandon Marshall's been hurt. Um, You know, I I do think that Jewel kid can play, so I I don't think they're missing too much of a beat there. But then you look at the secondary, and that is the huge, huge,
1: huge, huge difference over last year. Roby's not a number one. He's not a number two, Mark. But he was when he had Talib one and Harris in the slot. He was an amazing number two. Yeah. But it doesn't work with – because it just – the combination doesn't work. They need the number one so that Harris can be the number three. That's just – that obviously has a huge impact on their blitz.
3: Yeah. Yeah. The secondary just isn't what it was. You know, I think Justin Simmons is a good player. Um, You know, I just don't think he's quite what they had in like a TJ Ward a couple of years ago. You know Um, I think Darian Stewart still plays pretty at a pretty high level. I mean, he is definitely the kind of guy that that will go out there and give you everything on every play, which I do like to watch. You know, that guy is, he's a heck of a player um but yeah denver i mean overall the defense there just isn't what it well, was i can't
1: remember who they interviewed and i don't remember if it was a bronco player or an opposing team but i think it was a broncos player and they were talking about you know kind of the problems they're having and they talked about um case keenum and they said he's starting to get that same look that simeon and um Osweiler okay but then got. does
3: that does that do you blame the quarterback at that point? No, no, happened... no, that's not
1: what I mean. Yeah, that's They're what I saying thought. The thing is okay. you don't, you're so scared that if you don't have that ball out of your hand in 1.5 seconds, you are going to get hit, and you're going to get hit hard because even though he played okay for a couple of games, Bowles has gone right back to who he was before, which is another bu- the worst first left round,
3: tackle. Probably another first-round bust.
1: And that was that thing where they, everyone knew he wasn't a first-round pick but they needed a left tackle so bad, and there were no left tackles in the draft that were first-round goals. They reached. It so was, they It was a
3: stupid decision because they could have had Rams check,
1: mm-hmm. who the Saints took,
3: whatever, 10, you know, ten, ten <laughs> picks later, and the guy was phenomenal this rookie year.
1: Right. Was he left tackle?
3: Right tackle.
1: So that's a hard – you know, I, 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 and I don't think that's an adjustment that you can make quickly. Well,
3: he was a left tackle in college. They moved oh. him to right tackle, and he was very successful.
1: Damn. Yeah. Means, so then he could have been left? Wow. So wow. the
3: Broncos, had they drafted him, I think they would have
1: used him at left tackle. Of now course. I wonder if anybody thought that he was going to be better than them. I mean, was it a shock that he ended up being the better player? You know, I don't know. I,
3: yeah, I mean, I think there were some question marks. I can't remember exactly what they GP, were. GP, do you remember
1: back when that draft was done, do you remember which one of those players was, like, higher rated?
3: Uh, Bowles was higher rated.
1: He was. there like was. Was there a yeah, like, thought that Reinschek could be a better player or could be on par? or?
3: Yeah, I think there was. Uh, I
2: think there was a thought there, but uh, like Nate said, that draft was lacking linemen so bad. Yeah, I mean, so bad. I, well, th- th- those were the only two linemen that had come out of that draft, wasn't it, in the first round? No,
3: draft. I think there was one more there, before Bulls. There might have been one more. I can't remember who it would have been at this point, but it's I do probably, believe there was one other guy. Was, there, was
1: that the year that Notre I, I, Dame had a
3: guy coming out that year, is this, too? Is this yeah, Bulls that's to what start. I was just going
2: to say. third year, isn't it? I was going to say, it's probably a kid from Notre Dame that came out that he year. Was,
1: I think it was a guard from Notre Dame that was like also in the in the mix, but he wasn't... I don't, I don't remember. I just... But, I mean, Bowles is, like, tackling people at this point. He's getting beat so bad. And yeah. the Broncos in the preseason, they didn't get a lot of offensive line penalties they certainly didn't get a lot of false starts and holding calls and they're getting them again now and that's what derailed them before and it's just because i think they're getting beat so badly i just think the lines are just not very good and i don't know if they need a new coach or or what it is but does it jp you tell me does it not feel like when you think about the broncos that you think To me, it feels like there's no leadership, like there's no CEO, and I don't feel like Vance Joseph is a head coach. I feel like he's just a guy who's there.
2: No, I would agree with you on that one because let's think about the Broncos and and the way they won the first two games. This team could realistically be 0-5 right now if they didn't have some last-minute heroics to win those first two games. Yeah. But you're right. I think they lack a lot of leadership. But you, you always want that bell cow on your offensive line that that's the leader, like a Jason Peters with the Eagles is. You know, you want that person there to, you know, form that offensive line to keep every all those guys together. Because right now they're just they're, they they they're not playing as a team up front.
1: Well, and how bad was it to have when you lose Talib and you let Ward go? back to back seasons these are two very vocal, very fiery, very edgy players, and I think when you lose that, you lose something that's very important in NFL defense, which is you need a crazy guy, you need a guy that gets everybody else so riled up and so ready to rock and roll that they just burst on the scene. I think those were their players it's like Romanowski back in the days, you know when the, when the Broncos had him, or um hey, probably Trotter now for the Eagles, you know just a guy who yeah. everyone else he was like, I don't want to disappoint that guy Because, man, he might beat the hell out of me As much as he beats it out of opposing teams Wow you know?
3: So, Garrett Bulls drafted in 2017 Okay, okay. I'm going to backtrack here just a little bit um, He was taken With the 20th overall pick And he was the First offensive lineman Taken in the draft that year I Listen it was. Listen to the next four guys After him all starting right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm, at least I'm pretty sure. So Rams check taken at 32, 12 picks later. Um, then we have Forrest Lamp taken by the Chargers in the second round, who's a guard, and I'm pretty sure he is starting. Um, and then after that, there were two guys taken back-to-back tackles, I believe, or guards, Buffalo Bills, Deion Dawkins, and Carolina Panthers' Taylor Morton, who I'm pretty sure both those guys start as well. And then you've got the Vikings. The next guy took Pat Elfline in the third round at center, and he starts.
1: Is that the guy that was hurt and just came back?
3: Yes. So, And then the very next pick was Dan Feeney for the Chargers, another guard. I don't know if he... Starts or not
1: I don't know But, the but Melvin Gordon gotten five,
3: a lot of yards That's so five picks I assume they must be Doing something right That's five offensive linemen Taken after Garrett Bowles That play and start But
1: why aren't they Running to so what That's why That's why I put What the hell are they doing So why well, aren't it's they It's poor running? evaluation It's poor evaluation Just
3: That's John running. Elway That's John Elway's fault No
1: but I mean The offense Why oh. are they not running You've got Lindsey You've because got they're behi- Because they're behind but, I, but they don't do it At the beginning either they're throwing right off the bat. They're doing what they did last year. They're getting scared yeah. ahead of time. I
3: do think balance is important, and I think that's gotten into Vance's head. You know, I think he comes out like, okay, we've got to have a balance because if you don't, people are going to key in on the run. But <laughs> they haven't been able to yet. You know, they've had a lot of success. So it is yeah. it does raise some questions for sure. But to me, it's not really the offense that much. I mean, the, the blocking's been kind of poor you know, and Case has had a couple of bad games, but I put it more on the defense. I mean, last week, three hundred and twenty some yards rushing. It just seemed like they mailed jet, it in by a guy that's a journeyman running back.
1: Well, I don't, I don't think if not fair to call Crawl a journeyman. He's only played for two teams. Yeah, but he
3: hasn't done anything, and he he's been good. around a while all the four years. He's
1: really never been the featured back.
3: No, I don't think he's ever been a thousand yard back ever.
1: Oh, I don't know if he's ever been a thousand yard back because 'cause they've always had multiple running backs. Yeah. So I didn't think he was bad. I don't think he's a two hundred and fifty yard rusher, but that's the Broncos. Yeah. The Broncos have a habit of doing that too, because they did that they did that like three times, haven't they, where they'd have like yeah. like different teams, like random people rush against them for and I don't mean just this year, I mean like over the last like five or six yeah. years.
3: And I and I don't know who to blame in the secondary, you know, as far as um what the heck was Brad, Bradley Roby doing? He gets burned twice by a guy that's known for a nine route. And that's all the guy does. It? That's all the guy does is run fly patterns. And you can't let him beat you deep. And it happened twice. You know, so to me, that's, that's
1: poor coaching. Schlereth was calling for Roby to be sat this week. So... That's a bad. Well, crime.
3: you know what else happened there, right? Because he missed some time. Well, but didn't, didn't he, show up. But
1: didn't he like he texted somebody or he called somebody? Yeah. And, but then a, he just but he didn't bother to tell anybody else. Yeah,
3: it was just and that person communica- didn't tell anybody. It was bad communication on his part, for which sure.
1: goes right back to the heart of this problem. There isn't a leader. There isn't a hierarchy, and I've had this in certain companies I've worked in. and I've talked about before. It doesn't work if you don't have the person at the top making the decision. They do really matter because otherwise you get the tops of all the different areas all saying, "I think like this business. is what we should do." Mm-hmm, right? Uh, yeah, I think we should do this, and it's like, no, you need to have a person that makes a decision on top, and you don't have that. Can, Vance didn't. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No,
4: go ahead. Do you want to finish your thought, and then I have a one of my tirades.
1: Sure. I was just going to say that Vance <laughs> Joseph isn't isn't making a declaration of what they're going to do and then letting his guys do it. And I, I gave him a second chance because last year it wasn't, he didn't pick the guys underneath him. He didn't empowerment. His, right. Right. But he didn't, but he didn't pick his guys. Right. So then this time he did pick his guys and it looks the same. And so to me, that says that there isn't a guy saying you're responsible to me. This is what I expect you to do. I'm not asking you what you're going to do. I'm telling yeah, you what acou- you're
3: accountability do. is another piece, right? Accountability, empowerment. There is none. So, Yeah, you're just seeing some dysfunction. And I think that boils down to John Elway, who is in charge of all of that stuff. Yeah. You know? Um, He's such a legend in Denver, right? You know, it's it's tough to... I'm almost
4: surprised that you would say something... Negative? ...so hurtful about John Elway, and I'm not even from Denver. Yeah. (laughs) Well, again, I don't think he
1: should be fired yet. i think not any of my... I mean, he did... He won two Super Bowls as a player, and he's won a Super Bowl as the GM. So... I, you know, I can't really I, knock he, him too. I'm not much.
3: saying he should be fired. He needs to be held accountable. You mm. know, when he, it's inevitable when he comes out and fires Vance. He needs to take the blame.
1: You Agreed. know, we're Agreed. we're moving
3: on. Uh, this is my fault that he should have
4: done it sooner, or that no, no just that he made the wrong choice. The wrong choice you yeah. know?
1: and it's okay because rookie head coaches oftentimes don't have success, and then can be very successful afterward. Yeah. So you could say, you know I, what, I think Vance is going to come back. And another, with another team at some point, is going to be great. But I hear a lot of here.
3: great things about Vance. I think he's a, an incredible guy. I think he's in over his head. I think he has learned a ton the last two years. I think his second go around, because he'll get one mm-hmm. eventually, sure. that he'll be successful.
1: I think there's a chance that Vance, in the learning process, and I think it's what happens to a lot of coaches, the culture is created. Yep, And then you realize, oh, and this isn't too good. Late. And it's too late. And you can't ever change it because yep. you're the same guy. Yep, When you go somewhere else, you can say, oh, not making this mistake again. We're going to start it this way.
3: You're, I mean, it yeah. does. It boils down to the culture, Mark. You're, you're exactly right. And yeah. it is. It's that accountability piece and the empowerment piece. And all of those things go to, together hand in hand. And, you know, John always the man at the
1: top. So, But if you're like us and you didn't uh, win the Mega Millions, go ahead and throw your money on the Broncos with the spread this weekend because uh, – you know we'll what? Get to that. There, there couldn't be any more of a bookie bit, in my opinion, than thinking the Rams are going to throttle the Broncos. But of course, we'll have your your uh, picks of the week coming up here soon. So, Joanna, you wanted to have a tirade?
4: Yeah. Well, it's I don't know if it's a tirade, but it's maybe it's the start of a tirade. Well, this is
1: called the sports offensive. So.
3: Okay.
4: Good.
1: Oh, I know what you're getting into here.
4: <laughs> yeah. So Nate, Nate, and I watched. We've watched some late night TV over the last couple of weeks, and the one guest that we've seen twice um, is Mark Leibowitz. Leave a witch, yep. yep. Who wrote this book called Big Game: The NFL in Dangerous Times. And he tells some stories about like the actual character and what knowledge skill just bumbling idiots that some of the owners of the Damn. NFL teams are. <laughs> And I am not one to normally read books about football, but I will be, like, ordering this book off of Amazon and reading it. And
1: So did he give a hint as to who the worst owner is?
4: Um,
1: I don't think he
3: specifically – I wouldn't remember their name,
4: probably. I don't
1: think he specifically talked about
3: anyone in particular, but just the general kind of family that they're part of, you know, that whole – The
1: only uh, owner I can think of that's done, like, really offensive stuff was Tennessee, right?
3: carolina the guy had oh, to oh carolina the team. yeah then some other guys you know what's the the cleveland guy has been kind of controversial he's done some, some some things oh
1: i don't think I, I knew that i can't
3: remember he had some charges filed against him for something i can't remember Ooh, what hopefully it was insider trading yeah right yeah uh i really don't remember what it was but he had some issues um what about uh there was another guy i
1: I mean, Dan Snyder's an idiot That's or a it. douche, but I'm not sure if
3: he's... Dan Snyder. <laughs> well, he just
1: reminds me of Jerry Jones way back in the day where it was. He thought, I know just as well as a seasoned GM on who I should take. He still thinks that. He Why does. do you think the Redskins are admired in mediocrity for the last 25 years? <laughs> it's 29. amazing how... Uh, you ever wonder if Jerry Jones on his deathbed maybe goes, you know what? When I let Jimmy Johnson take total control, the team got great. And then I took over again, and it went to shit. And then I brought in um, uh, his uh, his son, basically took over. And the other guy came in that took over the drafting. Mr. And no, no, no. But I'm talking about the, the new GM guy that came in and uh, helped her with his son that cho- that convinced Jerry to take those linemen three years in a row, which has led to a completely different team because they now have the offensive line that can dominate. Well last year at least yeah well this year, i don't know what's going on with them this year they look i think i think age and injury is catching up to a couple of those linemen though. i think the
3: quarterback is
1: being not... forced to throw too much
3: no i just don't think he's an nfl quarterback that could be yeah
1: doesn't have any receivers true i mean true i guess you could say alan hearns is okay
3: i don't know they're not, not really they don't <laughs> have a,
1: they don't have a number one
2: if, if I could interject there, I mean, you guys remember from day one when Dak got drafted, I didn't think he was an NFL quarterback.
1: Yes, you
3: you did call that. I will uh, certainly hand that to you. He had his, you know, he's had his flash in the pan. He did well for a little while, but teams have now adjusted. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I agree. I think a lot of it, they don't have much, you know, Witten's gone. You know, they don't have uh, Des anymore. You know, their their receivers are not very good. Now, who do you go to? Well. You go to Ezekiel,
1: <laughs> yeah, right.
3: Which is what they've done the last couple of weeks. They finally kind of which leads that to out. a
1: situation like the uh, Lions had all those years of Barry Sanders, yeah. which is nothing.
3: However, the Dallas defense is quite a bit better this year than they have been. Um, I don't know. A healthy, you know, Sean Lee has definitely helped, but he's a heck of a player. I don't know, man. They're, that team is <laughs> they're not looking. But so then hot.
1: you can say that about the whole NFC East. There's no one even at 500. I mean that's pretty incredible. Really? The Eagles aren't 500? only no, 2 and 3. Are they 2 and 3? Yeah. 2
3: and oh. 3. And the Redskins are 2 and 3 two and as three, well? Yeah. Okay. They won
1: their first two and yeah. they lost three in a row. Oh, wow. Yeah. I so the Giants
3: Cowboys, are 1 and 4.
1: Are Cowboys are 2 and 3, right? Or 1 and 4.
3: No, they're 2 or, and 3. Or are they oh, and five. I mean, no, no, 1 and 5? no. they have won 2 at least three. 3.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Giants are 1 and 4.
3: Yeah, yeah Giants are 1 and 4. Yeah. Yeah,
1: should be. And the Giants me. look
3: that bad on Thursday night.
1: Yeah, why are they sticking with Eli? I don't think it's Eli at all. Really? Nope. Because Odell Beckham had a better pass when his one pass than Eli seemed to have the whole game.
3: I don't think it's Eli.
1: That bad o- line? That
3: offensive line is terrible. It's, it was yeah. like a, uh, what do you call it?
1: Wadding walk- door? <laughs>
3: Uh, Sure but the, <laughs> Yes the thing you walk through when you go Into like an oh, event tur- uh,
1: Turnstile oh.
3: thank you <laughs> He was just letting the, them in The offensive line was a turnstile
1: um, Yeah 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 I mean yeah
3: I, I, this is great Okay I looked at some of the numbers From that game the other night And if you look at passing yards Compare the two teams Giants had more If you look at rushing yards compare the two teams Giants had more and if you look at all Purpose yards (laughs) Giants Had more
1: turnovers baby so You
3: the turnover picture is one thing You look at but you also look at Um You look At a couple different things you know I think Red zone production Is a really important one you know Where the the Giants I think They had 15 possessions in a row without Converting third down (laughs) And I'm I think really that pronto. was either overlapping from the game before into this game, but I'm pretty sure it was 15 consecutive series where they had to punt. <laughs> I mean, that's that's, bad. that's pretty tough. Um, but if you watch the game, you know, Eli wasn't terrible. I mean, he threw for 280 yards or 250 yards. You know, I don't think he had any mm-hmm. touchdowns, maybe one. I don't know. But he, he threw just a pick. Like a
1: whole lot of really, really short passes. Yeah, because you have to. Yeah. You don't have a choice. I mean, Tom Brady makes it work. But, I, it, yeah, there's not, there's not there's a talent rule. Um, OBJ, they're not utilizing him correctly, but he's also starting to they pout. they can't. They can't. Yeah. I, I, I mean, know. to me, if you've got a guy
3: – okay, if you're in a situation like the Giants, you have to do – the plays have to be qu- – your offensive line is that bad. So, to me, you got to be setting up – Green plays for Odell. You know, you got to get that guy in space. You got to get him the ball. He's your best player. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Barkley maybe could rival that. He was unbelievable, by the way. He was unbelievable. <laughs> On a terrible team, guys, 9 catches for 99 yards and like 130 rushing yards. So, I mean, yeah. it, on a terrible team, the guy was unbelievable.
1: That, ra- that run where he cut to the right yeah. and just like a little looked shimmy. looked like
3: Barry Sanders, man.
1: Dude, it, it, was like, it was almost like a video game glitch. Like he suddenly was in a different spot than he was before, and the the eagle guy who was running a beeline to get him suddenly was <laughs> turning up field trying to catch him. You're like, how did that happen? How did you just zoom by again? guy? He,
3: he's a special player. I really think that the Giants made a, a good decision taking him with that second pick. I mean, Absolutely. They certainly could have taken a quarterback. You know, which maybe would have bode well for the you future, know what? but boy, he is a good player.
1: Think of it this way: we, you look at the rookie quarterbacks, and some of them are looking good, right? Baker Mayfield looked pretty good. Donaldson's had a couple of good games. Um, Darnold, yeah. Darnold. I mean, you know, I mean, you could, you could say all oh, these guys are doing well. You should take one of these guys. Should have done it. Well, you know what? Same thing with Dax. He looked good that first year. You know, see how these no guys tape. look in three years. No tape. Yeah. yeah. Three years from now, let's see how they're doing because mm-hmm. they may all be they may all be terrible, and Saquon Barkley may still be dominating, uh, you know, b- busting through the line.
3: It's funny. I think coaches have gotten more creative. You know, if you look at some of the rookies, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, not many of them had. It was more of a situation where they didn't have success out of the gate, and then were able to maybe kind of build up and, and get some success later in their careers. Now you see guys come out and they have success early, mm-hmm. but then they're, then it kind of drops off. So it's just like, it's, it's kind of a different perspective now than it used to be. Uh, it's interesting.
1: It is interesting. Yeah. I, it's you know it's a different game, like you said. It's, it's 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 morphed, and you know Schlerer talks often about the biggest problem. With football, is that offensive line players are not taught to be good offensive linemen in college anymore? Is that your car alarm going? Off? I
3: thought it was, but <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> somebody stole old Betty. Yeah, right. <laughs> what is your, what is your car's name anyway? I don't
3: have a name for
1: it. You've named your car? Uh-uh.
4: Oh. I have a theory about that because I named my mama, and I mean, I because <laughs> I just remember the first time driving her. Oh, my first brand new car, German. Oh and um i have a theory i'm going to i'm going to <laughs> I'm going to cry the hard guys in deutsch
1: wow oh she's no, she uh bueno i don't know how to say anything in, in german <laughs> you say vgate vgate
4: how you doing yeah perfect
1: ah, excellent day. i never learned any german i don't know why it seems it's, it sounds so harsh
4: oh but it's it's one of the most entertaining hilarious languages it's my favorite German word,
1: Schattenfreude.
4: <laughs> Schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. <laughs> that's taking pleasure in someone else's misery. Like, misery. Yeah. Yep, that's a good one. <laughs> Kummerbäck <laughs> is grief bacon, which is literally the weight you gain um, <laughs> from being like sad or depressed. <laughs> yep, and then but my favorite one that's is wonder, what is
3: that word? Grief bacon. But yeah, what is the how do you say it?
4: I think it's Kummerbäck.
1: Kummerbäck. <laughs> I am
3: memorizing that. So. One.
4: Let's uh, we should probably look that up to make sure but my absolute <laughs> favorite one is Menschenfresserin and that is literally people eater that's a cannibal like that's the word that's how that translates in German it's just English it's the greatest language what's, what's,
1: what's the guilt bacon
4: um, or guilt weight grief bacon
1: grief so... so
4: that's the the weight you gain after being like
1: so just, like, what's distraught, the word?
4: distraught or what's oh, oh, the word again Speck. I Speck, I am again. I'm yeah, that one I'm less. So the next time about, somebody but... says, are
1: you having another helping and say, hey, Kumerspech? <laughs> no. And then how do you say go, go F, you know, go up yourself or whatever in German?
4: <laughs> you know, what? I might not know that.
1: Schadenfreude. That's a no, good that one. That is what a is good the... one. Now, I, I, I know that um, Magneto uses that term in X-Men First Class when he's oh, does he? killing those two German guys who were part he of the concentration camp. Oh, did he?
3: I, did, I didn't yeah. pick that... up on that.
1: Yeah, it's right after he calls him a pig farmer. Oh, and then they go, oh, sure, I didn't find it, you know. Then, yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's a
4: good movie, but, man. Yes. Um, or
1: Agreed. maybe they also they also made it use that in uh, Inglorious Bastards when they were in that in oh. that sub basement bar. Yes. You, you know, know, I
4: haven't seen that one yet. Oh, you yeah, haven't? no. Oh, we should watch that. You
1: haven't seen Inglorious
4: Bastards? No. No. We
1: should watch that.
3: It's it's very violent, but it's good.
4: Oh I don't my think gosh! I oh, Brad,
3: that might be Brad Pitt's
4: best movie.
1: Maybe. Yeah. I want my scalps. <laughs> and the Jew bear that,
4: that's got the little the, the Austrian actor right who's in yes
1: his first role he is... where he won an Academy Award
4: Christopher oh, is it Christopher something Christoph um, Christoph
3: Christoph
4: what is his name he was Anyone? also in
1: Django Unchained yeah. he was in Big Eyes he's great yeah I can't he was in Bond it. dang it um, I can't remember his name is Christoph Waltz
3: or Waltz,
4: Waltz. that's it yeah, yeah. Waltz yeah. yep great, he, great Christoph Waltz great Waltz.
3: great, great films.
4: yeah
1: um
3: But yeah, he is an evil Nazi. He's great.
1: What's your What's your favorite Quentin Tarantino movie? Ooh, that's a good question. I mean, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, me too. You Uh, can't beat that. That's the greatest movie ever made. Well, greatest not outside of Star Wars and Memento, but
3: I don't. You liked Memento.
1: Oh, second favorite movie of all time. Isn't that is that Christopher Nolan? Yes, I think so. It was written by his brother. Yeah, and uh, Guy Ritchie. Yeah, yeah, and. uh, Remember Sammy Jenkins? Oh,
4: I love that Richie.
1: Just, that movie is... I'll, I I cannot... Is that the backwards I can't start one? watching it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can't start... Actually, if you get the, if you buy the Blu-ray, they have it in reverse order.
4: I think Nate owns the Blu-ray. I do, I do. I <laughs> do. Oh. I just cause, haven't seen it. Because oh, it, cause yeah. it, has, it
1: has it in correct order. Like, it switches the whole movie backwards, so you actually watch it in order. Oh. And it's a different... It's an experience watching it in oh. order. It's not nearly as entertaining yeah. as it is watching it backwards.
4: Oh, that's and, interesting.
1: And, uh, yeah. Okay. But... Man, I love that movie. I'd say my top 5 is Star Wars, which to me the saga is one movie. It's not yeah. 6 films or whatever. Eight films. Well, I just count the 6 cuz screw those other two. And then uh Memento, and then Pulp Fiction, and then Believe It or Not Finding Nemo, and yeah. then uh, A Few Good Men. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
3: That's quite a eclectic uh mix <laughs> I, of movies. Yeah, I really is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, my favorite music in college was uh techno and uh or uh techno and country, so you know that was an interesting mix too so it's all right let's all
3: well, i mean we're talking books and movies why don't we all give our like
1: top two or three you know
3: what are your favorite movies honey
4: mm. um i oh, mean should we really lebowski. down to that little time we yeah. only have
3: 10 minutes so to get yeah. through this that's all right we'll get through i'm it just gonna land
4: on the big Lebowski. i think it's an absolutely perfect movie and it, <laughs> i pick up something new
1: every time, every time i watch uh, it are you a little lebowski urban achiever
4: um <laughs> no, but my spirit <laughs> animal is um Walter Sobchak right? Is that how you say yeah. his last name? That's my spirit animal. Is that, is is so that Philip angry. Hoffman?
1: Or no. Hoffman? no, Goodman.
4: John Goodman. Oh, that's
1: John Goodman's character. Oh. Shimmer Chavez.
4: And when he oh, he is a genius. Anyway, so I think that's a top
1: three movie. though? So Lebowski?
3: Oh, there's
4: so many. Like I think there are just so many. Um I mean, Happy fried, Gilmore,
3: fried green tomatoes.
4: Mm, maybe,
3: you, but I feel like Happy like Gilmore
4: that. and um, anything with Melissa McCarthy. <laughs> she's Abby a comedy. She's a comedy. I'm, I'm a person. comedy person. Yeah. Yeah. Happy yeah. Gilmore is
1: probably my favorite ever. Uh, Adam Sandler movie, whether he's in, yeah. oh, but yeah. from his company, Grandma's Boy. I'm I'm surprised, surprised. Everything
4: else is crap, but that one is. Oh, Big genius. Daddy was good. Yeah, no, Big Daddy was no, I mean, okay. No, I did nothing like Happy I did Gilmore.
1: think Billy Madison was horrible. Oh,
4: re- and that, that's the one that it's gets all of It's almost as bad attention. to me
1: as all the Will Ferrell movies, which I, I can't think of a single movie that he's the star that I don't think is terrible. It, as a side character, he's phenomenal, but oh. horrible as the lead actor. I mean, yeah. you know, Anchorman was terrible, and the,
4: the oh, Step Brothers no, was, was terrible, no. and that oh, Talladega like Nights Anchorman. was terrible. I oh, t- those movies. Talladega movie. Nights was horrible. great. How about Night at the Roxbury? I went and saw Talladega
1: Nights with Brian and his brother Kevin, and I literally, if it wasn't for them, I would have walked out halfway through. Really? Said, this I- is the worst There's no writing here. It's all ad-libbing, and it's not even well done. Yeah, Uh, but it was funny. (laughs) No, it wasn't funny. That's the problem. It made me laugh. Every Um.
4: time, I have just a a few cousins, and every time we get together, we pick, like, the Will Ferrell or Melissa McCarthy (laughs) blockbuster of the summer. And, and, yeah, we saw Talladega Nights. I'm bringing, like, my Mensa cousin along to see Talladega Nights, and we laughed, and we had, yeah. we had. Gosh, I was high as hell, and I
1: still couldn't laugh at that movie. Yeah. Uh, I did think Melissa your McCarthy, though, uh, high, right? her in the uh, the stolen identity movie. That's identity, Jason yeah. Bateman. Yeah. 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 Jason
4: Bateman. yeah, yeah.
1: How about your favorite?
3: Well, I, I'm surprised neither one of you mentioned it, but Shawshank Redemption
1: is sure
3: incredible. Yep. Um I you know, Lebowski, Pulp Fiction, of course, those three. Um, you know, I'm obviously a big Star Wars guy as well. I'm trying to think of some other movies that. You guys
1: haven't talked. Fear yet. and
3: loathing in Las Vegas.
1: You you came in really scratchy. Oh. What was that?
2: Oh, sorry. Fear and loathing in Las Vegas.
3: Oh,
1: really?
4: <laughs> I loved I the book. You like so that.
3: the book kind of ruined the movie for me, but I, yeah. I loved. I did like it. and Johnny Depp was good. You got a second favorite, JP? Oh, you said I'm, I love The Big Lebowski. I, I
2: don't roll on this on the Sabbath, Donnie. Um, Pop Fiction Obviously Sharshan Get out of your element uh, <laughs> But uh, yeah those, uh, you, you guys pretty much Hit hit some of my favorites So
1: Hit all the big ones so, anyway. JP before we run Out of time here Do you want to run Through your uh, upsets Of the week For college football And tell us Where you think CU will be If they beat USC this week
2: Yeah let's uh, Well we we, uh, we already won A game Thursday night Texas Tech Covered the point spread um, well done. So if you bet That one You already won uh, today, uh, A&M is a two-point road uh, favorite um, playing South Carolina. Uh, look for them to take this game over and cover that spread today. That's a one thirty our time game, I believe. So if you want to get your bets in on that one, go for it. And then um,
1: who is that? D. D. D? Who is that?
2: A&M, Texas A&M. I've been riding the A&M van wagon. They only have two losses, and it's against Alabama, who was number one, who's number one, and against Clemson, who's number three. So, I'm looking at A&M to cover that spread, and then uh, CU is a road underdog. They're a seven point dog out at in the Coliseum tonight today. Uh, that's an interesting game. Um, there's a lot of people that are picking SC to win this game. I'm kind of scared of it. If they do beat SC, I, I don't see them moving up terribly too far just because of the teams that SC has already lost to um, already this year. They lost to Texas. Uh, SC, let's see, it was Texas they lost to, and they lost another game over there. Uh, I don't think uh, if it's a close game and CU wins, I don't think it helps them that much just because of who USC did lose to. Um, if they blow them out, they could go as high as 15. Hmm.
1: Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I, mean, I just wanted to see, like, because I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, you know, and and hoping it doesn't, because you figure that CU one loss really damages them uh, compared to like a oh, lot yeah. of teams, you know, because they don't play enough yeah. times and they can if they can get to Washington undefeated and then if they, if they win that, of course, it's huge. But if they lose that one, they still have a good chance to go to the Pac-12 championship. So would think that gives them right, a right. chance to you know, to still be competitive. So, uh, did you have any other and, bets uh, uh, from out there?
2: I'll tell you what, don't sleep on Iowa State today. Iowa State, um, a lot of people, there was a lot of talk last night and this morning on all the pregame shows, uh, letting you know that people are high on Iowa State today. So Iowa State, uh, I can look at my phone. I forget who they're playing off the top of my head. Um, It's right here. So of
3: all all these picks, which is your favorite? Oh, I like the A and M pick. The A and M pick. Okay, and that's yeah, I'm and, that out and I'm them. sorry. What's the line again? It's a three I think. uh I'm going to give you the current line. I think it's two and a
2: half or two. Let me just take a peek here, real quick. And they're
3: playing who again? It is
2: two. It's two and a half.
1: And they're playing.
2: Uh, uh, they are going to South Carolina to play South Carolina. South Carolina has not looked good in recent year, or recent weeks in the past, well, they uh, haven't including getting blown out by football. Georgia. Uh, a, a Carolina, I think they're 0 6 against the spread.
1: Is that Steve Spurrier's team?
2: It oh, was. that's way back. It was about 10 years ago. No. In fact, I think he is an analyst on the SEC network, if I remember right.
1: No, he was my favorite oh, coach. The press conferences were so nonsensical. Uh... An idiot.
2: West, West Virginia is going into Iowa State. West Virginia got held to a season-low um, point total last week. They're ranked number six. Will Greer had three interceptions last week. So, West Virginia has to go into Iowa State, and that spread is right now at West, West Virginia is favored by four and a half.
3: And you like Iowa State? I like
2: Iowa State in that one, and uh, like I said, I love, I'm high on Texas A&M. I'm going to ride that train again.
1: All right. Cool. Nate, want to do the gambling picks uh, for football? Absolutely.
3: Well, we're uh, reviewing from last week. We did have a very nice week going 3-1 last week. Uh, The only loss was the Jacksonville pick. We did have Seattle over the Rams. and We had Minnesota covering the spread and hitting the overs. Um, So that was big. And we are... This week, my first pick is going to well. Where does that put us on the year? I guess I didn't update that. It is twelve, eight, and one on the year. And, Excellent. Yeah, and we're uh, we're up a few bucks. Uh, we started with two fifty, and we're at six hundred, so we're up three hundred fifty dollars or two hundred fifty, three hundred fifty. Sorry.
1: Hey, if you're not happy being up three hundred fifty bucks, you don't know how to gamble.
3: So, guys, I uh, hope people are following. You know, we're doing, we're making <laughs> you some money here. Uh, so, going straight into the picks here, we've got. Uh, Buffalo, uh, I'm sorry, are they the road team? Yes, road team at Houston, 10-point underdogs. I don't think Houston at this point can beat anybody by 10. So I'm going to take Buffalo in the points. In the second game, I have Pittsburgh, and they are a one-point underdog at Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati has showed that they are a really good team this year. I think everybody's a little too high on them. And I think Pittsburgh uh, came back with a good game last week and I think they win comfortably here. So I'm going to go with the Steelers. Uh, Then my third and final spread game, Denver is hosting the LA Rams. And last I looked, it was seven and a half. Mm -hmm. Denver is uh, the underdog. I actually think Denver has a shot to win the game here. Um, so I'm going to pick Denver and take those seven and a half.
1: Come on, Blizzard, baby.
3: I know, right? Destroy <laughs> Gurley's advantage. Yeah. And, and finally. And
1: real quick oh. to also mention is both Cup and uh, Cooks are coming off of concussion protocol, so they may not be razor sharp. Yep, I agree. Yep. Yep. That's a good matchup. Yeah, you look at
3: Denver against Kansas City, a very similar team to the Rams. Denver should have won the game. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then finally, got We've got the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs in the big matchup of the week. I do think that the over is it's set at sixty, which might be the highest over under I have ever seen in the NFL. Jeez. And I'm taking the that's over. Awesome. Wow. Yep, we're going over.
1: And that's the hundred dollar bet, right? Is the over bet is the last. It bet. is,
3: and we are four and one on the hundred dollar bet this year, guys. So hey, so, if, you're gonna do, if
1: you do any bet, do the. Hundred. All right, well, we are getting down to the end of the show. Real quick, I do want to do our closing real quick with, uh, again, if you can help us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter, that'd be great. We're under both at the the handle at the SPT Offensive. You can listen to this show, other prior episodes, take a look at us, and also we're going to be posting Joanna's information for Realty on our website at thesportsoffensive.com. You can catch any of these shows on demand on Stitcher, iTunes Podcast, TuneIn, iHeart, and Blog Talk Radio, as well as, again, on our site, at sportsoffensive.com. Got about uh, 30 seconds or so. Anything that you guys wanted to throw out there, uh, other than that this Chiefs and Pats game may be the best game all year? Final thoughts, honey?
4: I mean, my final thoughts are that this is really fun. And I might be bit, might be a little bit addicted to radio.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> you want to start a political podcast, so maybe you can join him know, on that. I know yep.
4: you like to talk, so I well, figured I sure this,
1: this would be a
0: good
4: – I like to go on tirades.
0: JP, say it quick. Uh, a out. of
4: Yeah
0: <laughs> At the crack of dawn, we're cooking it Brewing it, grilling it Flipping it McDonald's fires up the griddle every morning So you can start digging in and enjoying it And now you can get your morning rolling With a hot and savory sausage McMuffin For just one dollar Then add any size hot McCafe drip coffee For just a dollar more Two tasty ways to make your morning routine A little better price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal at the crack of dawn we're cooking it brewing it grilling it flipping it mcdonald's fires up the griddle every morning so you can start digging in and enjoying it and now you can get your morning rolling with a hot and savory sausage mcmuffin for just one dollar then add any size hot McCafe drip coffee for just a dollar more two tasty ways to make your morning routine a little better Price and participation may vary, cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.